Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Boom. All right. I believe we are live because the button has been hit. What is going on, everybody? This is a Saturday episode of the Xbox Two Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Randall Thor19, the man with the million. And with me, as always, I am joined by the lovely Jez Corden of Windows Central. What is going on, buddy? Hey, pal. Hey, pal. It is Saturday show. Sorry about yesterday. That was entirely my fault. Oh, I hear myself. What's going yeah, sorry on? About that. I don't want to hear that. I don't know. I don't know. Why, I don't know. My my voice is horrible. I don't know why anybody listens to this podcast or my videos because my ho- my uh, my voice is god awful. Well, don't you have to listen to your own voice when you're editing your yeah. videos? Yeah, it it makes me want to puke every single time I make a video and have to listen back through it and cut out every single mistake. It's well, like ugh. If I had an American accent, I might feel the same way. Hmm. <laughs> Are, are you saying that you love listening to yourself? Um, uh, well, I I don't hate it. <laughs> you do. You, you love just probably looking at yourself in the mirror and speaking with your British accent, and being like, "God damn, am I am I sexy?" Well, you know, we can't all be British, sadly. That is true. That is true. Um, yeah. So thanks for everybody for being here. Sorry, it's on a Saturday. Uh, this is Jez's fault. This wasn't my fault this time. Uh, he was, uh, you were pretty much wiped out yesterday, right? You were, you would be no use to anybody. Um, yeah, man. I have, I've had wicked insomnia this week and my sleep cycle is absolutely crazy. So, uh, I was like, I was just like, I can't, it, it would have been a, it would be a low, a low energy podcast if we'd done it yesterday. So I thought I'll just, you know sleep better, and then have a more energetic show with Rand on Saturday. I'd probably be better for all involved. So, you know, it's it's uh, it's annoying because obviously we do the show live and I don't want to inconvenience anyone, but it's also like, you know, <laughs> it'd be even more of an inconvenience if I'm half asleep and Rand's just basically podcasting with a zombie, so. Mm, that is true. And, uh, Shot to Sin Vendetta. He says, Randall Thor, more like Randall Jesus. Awesome getting to see you in person going up against Jeff Grubb. Yeah, so, um, you know, we've been talking about on the podcast, uh, you know, the the pandemic and, you know, how it's affected some of us. Me personally, like, I don't really go anywhere. I don't really have to go out for stuff. And I was very cautious about not getting, uh, you know, not getting sick. So I haven't gone to a salon to get my hair cut in over a year. And people, you know, I talked about on the show how many times, like, yeah, my, my hair is really long. But nobody really believed me. So I took a quick and dirty picture. You know, I wasn't trying to make it look good. You know, not that I can really look good, you know, anyways. But I decided, you know what? It's like, I'm going to compare myself to, to Jeff Grubb. Because Jeff Grubb has long, luxurious hair, right? 
So I'm like, I'm gonna, yes. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna post a side by side, be like, who did it better? And I, I put it out there just to be like, I'm not kidding. Like that's how long my hair is. Like it is long. And uh, yeah, so I posted that picture yesterday, and, and you know the response was like, hey man, you should keep it, or you know blah blah blah. You should, you should, um, you know use you you know use conditioner or whatever whatever it is right we have james shields in the chat saying time to join team bald right yeah he's been he's been saying it's time to get out the uh the, the clippers and completely shave it uh because you know i was I, I was planning on going getting my hair completely cut off uh but a few other people were like no 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 keep it it's in right now the mountain man look and i'm just like i don't know so i i, I posted the picture yesterday and um you know, for the most part, everybody was uh, pretty pretty nice about it. Obviously, you're always going to get some people that are like, you look like a homeless person. You know what I mean? Uh, which, I, whatever. Like, I didn't try to make the picture look good. It was just like, all right, let's take a picture. You know, I could have I could have made it look better. But, uh, yeah, so that was, uh, that was fun uh, doing that. Um, but I definitely probably am going to cut the hair because it is getting way too long. Um Maybe go back to what I look like in 2016 with nice short hair, nice little goatee, and um, <laughs> you know what? What I kind of look like in the little gamer, you know, the thumbnail, the thumbnail we use for this, uh, for these episodes, you know, because yeah. uh, but there's been a lot of memes. I mean, Cole, Cole's been making some <laughs> like, that he shared with me, and it's just I don't know. It's uh, it's, it's pretty funny. Anyways, uh, thought I mentioned that. Um. Yeah, so what have you been up to this week, Jez? Oh, man, you know, just working. Just, you know, just working, really. Did just a bit working. of game dev stuff. Yeah, um, so, the, ga- so the, game, the GameStack Live stuff happened, and uh, you had leaked it beforehand, and you were pretty much on point, right? Yeah, digital, uh, no. DX12 Agility SDK was the, the big news. Um, which we can talk about in a bit if you want, or talk about now, or <laughs> whatever. Um, but yeah, game the game stack event was this week. There was a ton of uh, ton of information for devs about what's coming to Xbox and PC and stuff like that. You know, there's uh, a whole range of new features coming: Xbox Velocity Architecture updates, direct storage for PC, which aligns sort of decryption APIs between xbox and pc gaming and stuff like that and uh also this new dx12 agility sdk which makes it easier for developers to use dx12 ultimate features um moving from uh dx12 11 to dx no dx11 to dx12 uh is something that developers have complained is too difficult in the past so this agility sdk supposedly makes it a little bit easier so Hopefully, we should get more um, DX12 Ultimate optimized games in the future as a result of this SDK. But those are pretty much the big news. The, the big news from GameStack Live. Like this was obviously never going to be an event that had game announcements in it or anything like that. But a lot of cool stuff about the future of tech on Xbox and PC and stuff like that. Yeah, and then the uh, the F- Fidelity FX stuff that AMD was talking about and how you know that's going to improve graphics and games and stuff in the future so i know it's all pretty interesting um flame says you literally look like a close friend of mine i actually got a few people saying that uh that i look just like one of their close friends and omar says hello from dubai keep up the great work my favorite gaming podcast thank you um 
I always get, uh, you know, that brings a smile to my face whenever somebody says, like, hey, out of all the gaming podcasts in the world, yours is my favorite. And, you know, I was looking uh, I was looking through the iTunes charts for gaming podcasts the other day, Jez, and I noticed that the Xbox 2, even though we're primarily a YouTube podcast, we do it live, you know, on a Friday or Saturday uh, on YouTube, and then we post it to podcast services later on. Um, when I was looking through the Apple podcasts, like when you can, you can kind of like sort them by top gaming podcasts, we were in the top 50, which was surprising to me, you That's know, cause incredible. like you, you look up there, there, there's the kind of funnies, the X casts, you know, um, uh, like last stand media, which is Colin Moriarty stuff and what good, you know, what good games and IGN, you know, podcast unlocked, like all these big ones. You mean, you mean the legitimate podcast? Yeah, the, the legitimate <laughs> podcast and ours was in the top 50 and I was like, really? Okay, that's considering that this is this one we do on YouTube and we didn't actually start putting these uh, episodes up on um, those iTunes until like what, like 50 or 60 episodes in or whatever. So, um yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. Gunstar says Rand needs to join a black metal band now. Yes, so many people basically saying I need to um <laughs> I need to uh basically join a, a heavy metal band. And Soma King says you don't look homeless, it look like you look like you eat them. Oh, I look like I eat people? Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> um <laughs> So yeah, let's check. let's talk a little bit uh, about the games we've been playing before we get in these topics like FPS boost and free to play games and these Metal Gear rumors and Xbox Game Pass breaking all these milestones and that Resident Evil contract that got people all, uh, all uh, you know, in their feelings essentially, uh, which was super interesting to see on uh, social media. Um, the game I'm playing uh, and I have been playing a lot of uh, is MLB The Show, but I'm gonna give the floor to you, Jez. Have you been playing a lot, or are you crying because Jeff Kaplan? has left Blizzard and is no longer directing Overwatch 2. Yeah, that was a bit of a blow, actually. Jeff Kaplan, obviously, 19-year veteran of Blizzard, huge portion of the creative, you know, brain at Blizzard, responsible for Overwatch, worked on World of Warcraft and a bunch of other games over the years. So that was a blow, and it's just a just a reminder that, you know, what represents Blizzard is slowly dwindling i guess but at the same time um you know personnel changes happen people you know want to move on and do new things and i would not be surprised if jeff kaplan showed up in uh, mike morham's new studio dreamhaven i don't know if you've heard about this mm-hmm. i did yeah so a lot of ex-blizzard staff have started making a new studio called dreamhaven um which is you know one to watch i would not be surprised if jeff ended up there at some point but yeah that's uh interesting to think about but um i didn't play a huge amount of games this week again been too busy but i did start playing a game called battle chasers night war which is something i've been meaning to do for a while um i don't know this is an older game i think it came out in 2017 but it's like it's like a comic book style turn-based strategy game from the the devs and some of the artists behind darksiders mm-hmm. it's really really fun like i was i was taken aback by how interesting it is and how satisfying the combat is and how cool the characters are and stuff like that so um, I played it because it's available on xCloud and it's a turn-based game. So, if, you know, I figured it wouldn't be an issue when it come to, came to latency and stuff like that. 
But yeah, Battle Chasers Night War, I'm really enjoying it at the moment. It's just like a sort of dungeon, dungeon-y crawler sort of game with, with turn-based combat. So that's pretty much what I've been playing. I also, I also tried Undermine, which is kind of like a, you know, a, a Zelda-ish, roguelike-ish kind of game with pic- cute pixel art and stuff like that. But, um, but nothing too major. I'm uh, waiting for that Resident Evil 8 goodness. Um, I need to go back and, uh, you know, recap Resident Evil 7 and maybe do the DLC and stuff like that. But yeah, that's pretty much everything I've been playing, man. Awesome. So, um, I've been playing a lot of MLB The Show 21 this past week. I've actually... It's interesting because I used to really, when I was a kid, when I was in grammar school, uh, I was, I, I love baseball. It was my favorite sport. You know, I was, I played pitcher. I played catcher. I was on all-star teams, traveling teams. Like I love baseball so much. And when I got in high school, I, um, you know, I, I, I didn't, I, I like, I, I tried out for the team, but I didn't, I didn't make the cut. Like I wasn't good enough. And Baseball was a sport I also really kind of watched a lot on TV, but in the recent years, I've kind of drifted away from it. And I've never played MLB The Show whatsoever, right? And so now that it came to Game Pass, thank you Xbox and Sony and MLB for putting this game on Game Pass, I decided to buy it. or not, I decided to download it, and then I, I bought it after I played it for a little bit, right? So I got to say... It is quite enjoyable. Um, so, like, there's this mode in the game, very much like NBA's My Player mode, where it's called Road to the Show. And you just basically have your player, and you pick a position you want to play, whether it's starting pitcher or shortstop, left fielder, catcher, whatever. And it really cuts down on all the extra fluff that baseball has. Like, baseball's a long game. Like, a, a single game can take three hours to play through, watch on television, and, you know, that kind of translates to the video game because if you play nine innings, it can be a long affair. However, this mode cuts out all the extra stuff. So you're, you only actually play when it's your turn. So when it's your at-bat, like you only play your at-bats. You don't need to see your eight other teammates. So it's really fast and quick. Um, and if you're fielding, like you only are on the field when the ball is coming to you. So you can get through a whole bunch. You can play a whole slew of an entire season in a few hours just by based on like how fast it really is. So that's the footage I captured. I uh, I started in the double A's, which was like the lowest of the low. Um, I did well enough where they called me up to the the triple A team, and um, now I'm trying to uh, you know perform good enough and raise my stats enough that I get called up to the the uh, the Chicago White Sox, the the MLB team, but. Um, I think I've put like 15 hours into it so far, and I am really enjoying it. I could see why a lot of people consider it like the de facto uh, baseball sim experience. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun, but it, but it can be hard. Like um, like the pitches, like you you really got to understand and and kind of see like what sort of pitch is coming, whether it's a fastball or. An, or like a you know like a curveball or whatever, and it was a little bit difficult to kind of get the the hang uh, you know like the uh, timing down on those things. I was popping out a lot. Um, I was hitting ground balls a lot. Uh, wasn't really hitting a lot of uh, dingers or whatever. But the more and more I played, I, I got better. So like I am really enjoying MLB the Show. 
So it's, um, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be able to play because there's so many games coming out, man. Like finally we're in a time where we got a whole bunch of new games to play. Um, I ended up getting near replicant, which I'm going to start playing this week. And then next week is Returnal, and a lot of the previews for the game look really interesting. Um, I was always going to get the game because I am a sucker for sci-fi time loop stuff. A little bit, I'm a little bit hesitant on Returnal simply because it's a roguelite where if you die, you start back at the beginning. I'm not the biggest fan of those. So I kind of wanted to, uh, I mean, I'm going to get the game, but, and then after uh, Returnal's out, it's going to be all about Resident Evil 8. It's going to then Mass Effect Legendary Edition, uh, Biomutant in May. I mean, finally, there's a whole bunch of new games to be able to play, and I am here for it. Did you um Did you try on MLB The Show, Jez? Um, no. Nah. Is, is, it, is, it, is it too complicated for you Brits? <laughs> well, baseball's like simplified cricket, right? Yeah. So, uh... <laughs> but nah, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not interested in in sports games in general, so fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't know how much longer I'm going to play it. I kind of want to at least get called up to the MLB team, the White Sox, before I call it quits, at least for now. But I, I, it's 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 really kind of taken me by surprise. Like I'm playing it a lot, so I I, I do really like it. Uh, Kendrick says Joanna Dark and Smash is my guess for Phil's Switch tease. That would uh. That would be that'd be interesting. Flame says glad Jeff left. <laughs> glad glad Jeff left. Let Blizzard crumble. Hashtag, hashtag cheers love. Man, people don't want uh, Blizzard to to be good. They want Jeff. <laughs> they want it to crumble to the ground. Okay. Uh, Dan says Jez don't play games and he doesn't read. Shaking my head. Jez, what'd you do? <laughs> you don't play games don't and you know. don't read. Oh man, I wish I had more free time. Yeah. But them's the ropes. Um, Aquaman says, uh, Bang & Olufsen Portal Xbox head- Headphones review thoughts. Have you gotten a chance to try out those uh, new heads- new headphones yet, Jez? Not yet. Um, I do have some ordered. So I've bought some in the UK, but I don't think we're getting stuck at the same time America is. We do have like a preview up from uh, one of our writers um, who seems to like it, but he doesn't have the frame of reference I do. Like I've got literally a mountain of headsets to compare that to, so... I will review them when the headset gets here, so stay tuned for that. Yeah. Um, so moving on from that, I figured we'll talk a little bit first about... There's this... Okay, so we didn't really talk at, that much about the Days Gone situation, right? Because it, it wasn't really... Um, it was more, That was more about like a PlayStation sort of thing. But there was a quote from uh, one of the writers of the game, and I, I'm blanking on his name now, about the idea of paying full price, Jez. You, you hear about all this? About if, yeah. you, if you love a game and you know you, you have to buy it day one at full price. And if, you, happy, if right? you buy it later at, say, on a sale, then you have no right to complain if the game doesn't get a sequel because you didn't support it day one and me and you have never talked about this. So I'm really keen to hear your opinion on this. Do you agree with the days gone um, writer director and that you should be buying games at full price? Uh, You should be supporting developers that that should be your thought. Your thought should be, you know what? I'm not sure I'm going to like days gone, but 
God damn it, I really need to support these developers. I, you know, it doesn't matter that I can't pay my bills this month. I need to give <laughs> Sony, a billion dollar company, my money day one. Despite the fact that, you know, this game could be broken, it might have a bunch of glitches. Here's my money. What do you think about all this? Well, you know, I I do hear this sort of I mean, ultimately what what causes a game to get a sequel is how much it sells versus how much it costs to make, right? So at the end of the day, if a game doesn't sell and it costs a hell of a lot of money, chances are it's not gonna get a sequel. Hence, no Quantum Break 2, for example. Um, so, I mean, I kind of I kind of see where he's coming from in a way. But at the same time, it's kind of like, well, you know, games have to stand on their own two feet. There is a lot of competition out there. And, you know, you can also make the argue that maybe Sony didn't give them enough time to polish it up and stuff like that. Um, so... On the one hand, I'm kind of like sympathetic to to some to devs personally if they have like specific targets to meet and they they haven't been met, and then you know there's a perception that people are complaining about the not being a sequel, but then nobody went out and bought the game. You know, it's but then again, it's it's also kind of like a bubble, right? The people complaining the loudest are also probably the people who did buy the game full price. You know, most people probably just ignored it, so. Um, I don't think it's a very sensitive thing to say. I mean, you know, people, people might have money issues and stuff like that, but at the same time, it kind of highlights why Xbox Game Pass is good, right? Um, because it's sort of, it sort of deconstructs the argument about buying games full price on day one, because I know for, I know for a fact that Microsoft rewards, uh, Publishers who are in Game Pass, they get an extra, they get like an extra sum, like a, a a bonus for engagement, right? So it kind of it kind of eliminates the purchase games new argument because all Microsoft cares about and their their KPI for Xbox Game Pass is one hundred percent engagement, right? Mm-hmm. So um, if they're if people engage with the game, then that removes the argument about buying a full price. And that's all that Microsoft cares about when it comes to Game Pass. So, I don't know. It's an interesting topic to discuss, and I can kind of see both sides of the argument, but, you know, there's a lot of competition out there, and if if someone doesn't buy the game, then there's, you know, there's, there's more to look at than just, like, you know, people didn't do this like where do you lay blame do you lay blame on sony for not you know giving them more time do you lay blame on the marketing team for not marketing the game properly like you know stuff like that um it's 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 a weird one and i don't think it can be summarized in a tweet or stuff like that i was i was more thinking of the general kind of idea of like you need to buy the game full price to support us and if you don't, uh, you know, don't buy the game on sale and then complain when you don't get a sequel. Because the idea that, like, I'm making a purchase because I need to support the developers or something is never anything that crosses my mind for any product I've ever bought. You know, when, when, I, bought a, uh, when I bought a new chair, I wasn't thinking about supporting the people who bought the chair. Or when you buy a new car, you're not thinking about, like, oh, what about the people who put the car together? Like... I don't think I've ever made a purchase in my life or 
the main reasoning I bought it was because I want to support them. It's, it's because I want the product. At the end of the day, we're all consumers. Everybody's listening to the show. We're all consumers, right? So it's like, is the product good? Is it priced appropriately? Do I have the money for it? Okay, I want it. I'll get it. I don't think I've ever thought once, even even when I make purchases with video games, uh, have I thought, well, I want to support the developers of the game. It's it's always, I think that game looks cool, and I'm willing to pay the price that the game that they're selling the game for. I don't know if I maybe I'm maybe I'm different. Uh, I don't know if a lot of other people kind of agree with me, but when I bought Days Gone. I wasn't thinking, well, I want to I want to support Sony Bend and I want to make sure there's a sequel. Like those thoughts never crossed my mind. My my thought process was, hey, Days Gone looks like it could be an interesting game. It's 60 bucks. I have 60 bucks. I want to play something new. I bought it. Now, granted, when I played the game when it came out, it wasn't I I didn't care for it very much, and I think the reviews were pretty much spot on. It was like 70 you know, it was like a 70 on Metacritic, you know? So to me, I, I don't really get, I understand where he's coming from because he's a developer and that's how he makes his money. So he's looking at it from a different perspective than someone like me. He's looking at it like, I made this, please buy this to support what I do so I can continue to basically have my job and make more games. But the problem is like when you're talking to gamers or just any consumer, nobody's thinking about the little person or the, the you know the people behind the product. All they all they care about is does it look good and do I have the money for it? So this whole and it this whole like shaming people because they they didn't buy it day one because whether or not the game was glitchy or they didn't have any money, I'm not down with. Like it seems like and this isn't necessarily, you know, about days gone, but to me, it just seemed like you're disappointed that people decided to take a wait and see approach on a new IP that wasn't, uh, that people didn't really kind of, you know, want to go out and support day one. And Sony's kind of seen a little similar reaction to Returnal, right? Like the previews are out and they all seem pretty, pretty awesome. And it's a game that I want to play. So I'm going to buy it. And the thought of spending $70 isn't because I want to support Housemark and get a Returnal 2. It's simply because, hey, it looks like a, a very cool video game that I want to play, right? But that's me. Not everybody else is looking at that and being like, yeah, 70 bucks for a Returnal, a game that, you know, people are saying is way too hard. Let me spend my money and, and potentially, you know, uh, lose out on it. Instead, like, I'm sure a lot of people are like, you know what? I'll wait for a sale. When it's 30 bucks is when I'll buy it. I I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I think his comments were a little bit um, off the mark. And that would go towards, you know, Microsoft too. But at least Microsoft has this Game Pass service, which, you know, isn't mandatory. If you want to purchase Microsoft games, you can do that at full price. But it takes away from that... Uh, from that dilemma, right? If a game comes out and you're not sure, if a new new IP comes out, like Starfield, for example, potentially launching this fall, we'll talk a little bit more about in the minute and that, that in a minute. You know, it's sixty bucks. You might think to yourself, I don't know. You know, I got burned on Fallout seventy six. Uh, you know, their last couple of releases haven't been that great. I don't know if I want to spend sixty bucks. And you wouldn't be wrong for thinking like that. 
You know, that's the a perfectly reasonable thing to do. Like, I'll wait for reviews or I'll wait for a sale, but like Game Pass exists. So if you're a member, you don't have to worry about, you know, buying the game up front. You can try it for yourself before you want to buy it. Or hell, never buy it. Just play it on Game Pass, beat it and be done and never have to spend any more money on it. Um, it's definitely a, di- a different situation now uh, regarding purchasing and games than, you know, than it was like at the beginning of the Xbox One era or, or you know, the, the be, you know, the beginning or the end of the 360 era, right? Anyways, um, those, those are kind of my thoughts on it. Like, I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I feel like, I feel like, um, people spending full price, like, I just kind of feel like his comments were just a little, little like tone deaf, to be honest. Yeah. I thought they were pretty insensitive, you know, and felt a bit out of touch given, you know, there's a lot of financial hardship out there. And also like people are saying in chat, we're talking about Returnal being $70, but like in Germany, it's $96. In New Zealand, it's $90, you know. Well, New Zealand, I think it's like 120 bucks. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's expensive. It's, ever- it's it's crazy how much some of the game prices are getting, and um, I wouldn't buy it at seventy dollars personally. You wouldn't, but I will. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, I, be, on, but, only because I think only because I think the game looks interesting, and I'm willing to spend the money if if it if it was something else, like if it was Destruction All Stars that they tried to sell for seventy, I'd be like, you're out of your mind. For, for spending, you know, $70 on Destruction All-Stars. And Sony wise up and they're like, yeah, we are out of your, our mind because we're putting that on PlayStation Plus. So I understand, you know, if a game, if, you know, the $70 price tag or $60 price tag for a game that you don't find interesting, I understand why people wait. Not everybody's got money. I mean, gaming's a very expensive hobby. And games go on sale all the time. Jez, how many times do we see the game launches and then a month or two months later, it's $20 off. Like, they do this to themselves, don't they? Constantly. It, it, like, the video game, outside of, of being Nintendo, the video game industry has trained consumers that if you wait, and you don't have to wait long, the game's going to be cheaper in a couple months. So, why wouldn't someone just wait? Wait to see if the game's good, Wait to see if there's any issues that get patched and ironed out. And, you know, two months, three months later, boom, you can get that same game that may be better for $20 cheaper, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, it, ultimately it's... I don't think you should ever be mad at the consumer for not, quote-unquote, supporting you. You should be mad at the publisher for setting specific targets that were out of touch or unrealistic at the end of the day. You know, there's there's a whole there's a whole parade of factors which you know lead into why a game does or doesn't sell and i mean you have to wonder like if days gone had released released onto pc it probably would have sold better up front you know which would have made the game more profitable up front and given it a longer tail which would have led to the potential for a sequel and uh, it would have been sony who mandated not to put it on pc you know so, I don't think you should ever get mad at the consumer. You should ultimately, you know, look at the other the other reasons for it at the end of the day. But it was interesting when you said I've never I've never bought something to support a publisher because it reminded me that when monster when I was in the full 
the full grasp of Monster Hunter that I actually consciously made the decision to buy the the cosmetic DLC packs. I don't know if you've seen, but they've got like emote packs you can buy. Mm. They're not they're not even in game. They're like they're almost like hidden. They're just on the on the Xbox store. There's no like there's no like thing in game that says go and buy these um, cosmetic packs. They it was like they were basically hidden. But I did consciously make the decision to go and buy every single DLC for Monster Hunter just to show my appreciation for the game, <laughs> even though I didn't really use most of them. So um, maybe maybe I'm weird like that. I'm sure um, there are some people that do that, right? But, I mean, I can only speak for myself. I just, me, the thought process of like, hey, you know, uh, I'm going to buy MLB. Mainly, and it's only because I like the game. It has nothing to do with, like, I want to support... Uh, Sony San Diego, and and I want to see a sequel. Like I don't know. Like when I I buy uh, these uh, this water right, Propel. Like I, I I buy a whole bunch of cases that last me a month. It's not because like I want to support Gatorade or whoever owns uh, Gatorade or support the workers. It's because like it's a good product and it's priced well, and I like it. It has nothing to do with su- like supporting anything. Now you you could say like I do actually subscribe to some Twitch streamers. Uh, and I do, uh, you know, I'll watch other podcasts like Kits Moves or, or Dealer Gaming and RDX. Um, and, and there is the Super Chat option, right? And I will show my support uh, to those to those uh, podcasts that I like by, uh, you know, asking a question or having a comment and, you know, paying a little money. But that's a little bit different because that's an individual person. And, you know, like... At least for me, like I, I look at that a, a tad bit differently. Uh, yeah, than... it's, not, it's not like it's not like your seventy dollar purchase of Days Gone Two goes straight into the developer's pocket. That's just not yeah. how it works. So, um, yeah, uh, Jose says, "Why isn't Falcom being suggested as an acquisition?" I don't even know what Falcom is. Jazz, do you have any idea? Falcom? Nope. Nope. Okay. One, I'm afraid. Moving on from that, Rick Rick Gaffney becomes the newest member of the channel. Thank you for all the support and enjoy your uh, your emotes. Uh, let's see what else we got here. We got Sin Vendetta saying, "Hey Jazz, hope you get uh, got a lot of really good metal band recommendations to fill that void. If I may make one more suggestion, check out Seek to Fallen, awesome metalcore band based out of Leicester. 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 Okay. Leicester. I don't know. I, I've never. I, I, it almost looked like Sin had spelled it wrong. Yeah, honestly, so uh, Leicester. Leicester. I don't know. Leicester. Whatever, oh Jess. Stop God. making fun of me. Leicester. Leicester. Okay. It, it, it doesn't. It, to be fair, it doesn't. It doesn't look how it's pronounced. Like Worcester. Like it's not. It's spelled. It's spelled Worcester, I guess. But that that's how you pronounce those town names in England, like Leicester and Worcester. That's how. That's how you say it. Yeah. So. On the, <laughs> no, I was just. I just remembered the guy even said it. You you need to buy. Uh, you know, you need to buy these games at full price for games that you love or whatever. But it's like if it's a new IP or any game, how you know you're going to love the game until you play it. So like, you know what I mean, like. If you love the game, you need to buy it at full price. But it's like I don't know if I'm gonna love the game. How do I? How am I gonna know? So you're telling me I need to spend sixty dollars because I think I might love it? Like I, I don't know, man. Like those that that comment was really weird. Zombie says uh, a smart dev will ensure the game is good and speak for itself and let its legs last and have have it find its audience. That is true um, as well. So thank you. What for... was the name of that metalcore band? Sorry, 
Uh, he said, um, Seek the Fallen is the Sim name Vendetta. of the band. Thank you, Sim Vendetta, for that recommendation. Yes. And Atheel says, Wouldn't you say engagement is bad KPI? What about a story game like The Last of Us that you play once? Wouldn't it force devs to stretch their game? Okay, there you go. Well, guys. You can explain this one. I don't, I don't think it's like... When I said engagement, I, I don't think it means ongoing engagement. I think it just means the amount of people that have tried the game. I don't think it, I don't think it necessarily means you know monthly active users per se. I think Microsoft is obviously um, they're pretty cognizant of the fact that different different genres will have different engagement metrics and stuff like that. So, um, but that being said, there is a reason why Microsoft seems to prioritize service multiplayer service driven games um, because they do want monthly active users, but. It's uh and uh, just to answer Chad Tyronus Tyronus Rex's question, what's KPI mean? KPI stands for Key Performance Indicator, which is sort of like a corporate e-businessy kind of term, which refers to basically what the company's current goals are. So, like for Sony, a KPI might be hardware units sold, but Microsoft, being a trillion-dollar company, is not necessarily interested in selling hardware specifically. They're more interested in the amount of users they can get into their service. So for Microsoft, their key performance indicator is engagement, similarly to Tencent and some of the other big companies out there. Yep, that is true. That is true. Um, Raj says, hey, any idea when older controllers will be updated for Series X or S, or could you find out for us? Yeah, I'm assuming he's talking about the um, the latency. Uh, I forget the exact term. Uh, dynamic latency. Dynamic latency, yeah. Um, I'm, it's supposed to come this year, um, but not sure when. Do you, is there any way you could reach out to the one and only Jason Ronald and find out, Jez? Or I think he, I think he just, I think he tweeted recently to someone that he, they're still working on it. But I don't, I don't have a time frame. I guess it's like you know a matter of priorities. They're doing a lot of interesting stuff behind the scenes, and and uh, it all all operates on a priority list system i guess so although they did they did manage to slip a new dynamic theme into the operating system this week have you tried it yeah i'm actually using that one i think it's the best one the moat the The moats the dynamic theme yeah i think it's i'm not i'm not using it because um if your accent color is red the moats kind of look pink Mm. so like that that's a bit that looks a bit like uh that halo gun that. Oh no, so not much. the needler. Are we really going to talk? You know, I I had a bunch of comments in the, uh, on the last podcast talking about how you're way too mean to Halo, and that I need to re- I need to replace you on the podcast with someone who actually uh, uh, likes Halo and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, people people take this stuff uh, really seriously. Jazz, you need to be careful about that. Even even someone okay. even, even someone was like. How come Rand didn't correct Jazz when when Jazz said God of War only sold twenty million, right? Like, and I was just like, w- w- we've we've talked about that way before, and out right like the attach rate stuff, and like he's like, I was disappointed in Rand he didn't uh, d- defend it to Jazz, and I'm like, I've done that repeatedly, like I'm not always gonna do that, you know what I mean? Like, All right, what did I get that? Figure he, he basically said he ba- no. He said that he basically said you were downplaying God of War's success because it only sold to X amount of people who own a PS4. Like you were you were downplaying its success, 
and I should have defended it, even though we've had that conversation before in the podcast. And I'm like, well, Jazz, you know, that's not, you know, the tr- I don't know. Uh... You, people, that's what I'm saying. Like, remember I told you somebody would clip that, right? Not Nobody really did, but there are people that took offense at what you said, Jazz. I'm just saying, you know, you got to keep in mind that people... Well, listen. that's the thing. It was, people were focusing on that instead of the comparison I was trying to make. That, like, obviously the game's successful, but at the same time, there's there's something to be said about, like, how many people are actively buying those kind of games versus your Fortnite, versus your Call of Duty Warzone, versus your FIFA. So that's that's what I was trying to say. Like, and then and then it's like, well, it's 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 a successful game for the type of game it is, and that's kind of adding caveats, right? I'm just know. saying, people pe- people got upset, Jess. Um, RDX Sunfest says Xbox Dev Mode can run PS1 and PS2 games, GameCube, and recently Zelda Twilight Princess. You think PS3 will be playable on RetroArch by the end of 2022? I have no idea about the whole RetroArch scene, but. I know those guys are very passionate about it. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if PS3 uh, comes to that service uh, eventually at some point. You know what I mean? I, I could see that happening. Um, we got another one here uh, from Adam. He says the show must go on. Indeed, we couldn't skip this week. Uh, we try our best not to skip. Sometimes it happens because of the time differences and stuff, but we wanted to do the show. Uh, Dark says, hey, uh, what's up, guys? Only 450 likes, more than 1,000 watching. Hit the like button. Enjoy the best show regarding Xbox. Thank you. So, yes, uh, if you're watching the show, make sure you guys all hit the like button. It would, uh, you know, it actually matters a lot. And uh, share it out, too, if you uh, would would be so kind. Um, Isaiah YouTube says, what games are you all looking forward to in May? I'm looking forward to Resident Evil 8, Mass Effect, and Biomutant. I'm looking forward to all three three of those, but the big game for me, and the big game for the first half of the year is Resident Evil Village, right? Resident Evil 8. I love Resident Evil. I love the old games. I love the new remakes, Resident Evil 2 and 3. I adored Resident Evil 7. I think I beat Resident Evil 7 like three or four times. Um, Did you play the DLC? I didn't play the DLC. No, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't play it. I didn't go back and play it, but... I bought all the DLC recently, and I was like... Well, because I'm going to be reviewing Resident Evil Village. Ooh. So I just figured, like, I should probably do the DLC just in case there's some kind of, you know, tie-ins or nuances that I might miss by not having the DLC. They did, like, three DLCs? Yeah, there were, like, three or four DLCs um, that are, I think, one set after, some were set during or something. like. Some of them are weird DLCs. Like, one of them you play, like, poker with one of the guys or something like that. I forget. Um, I haven't seen a lot of the media for Resident Evil 8 because I'm, I kind of want to just go into it blind. Like I saw the first trailer and that's all I needed to see. I don't need to be sold on Resident Evil. I'm getting it regardless. So I haven't seen a lot of the stuff. So Jez was telling me about like, Hey, you can hunt animals and cook in Resident Evil 8. And I'm like, excuse me? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Resident Evil, Resident Evil Village has animal hunting and a cooking, a cooking system or, or some kind of. Some kind of system, and and also meat is a currency for upgrading, getting upgrades with a with a with the Duke vendor who's very fond of meat, apparently. Apparently, but um, I yeah, I was like you, man. I was like, I I I'm gonna go in blind. I'm gonna do this. Gonna do that. But I don't I don't do that anymore. And uh, since Cyberpunk, 
Mm. because it seems that my expectations for cyberpunk were completely different to everyone else so uh you know some of my opinions on the game being awesome were completely misaligned because everyone else seemed to think it was going to be grand theft auto and uh going back and looking at some of cyberpunk's you know trailers and commentary on the game it does seem they were trying to align it with that so um I yeah, uh, trying to make sure my, my expectations stay aligned with the community now when it comes to games. So I have been, you know, keeping an eye on some of the trailers and stuff like that. But game looks really cool. I kind of feel like the game Resident Evil and a bunch of other games are sort of going. That I almost, I mean, this is a weird thing to say potentially, but I kind of feel like they're they're looking at Doom for inspiration, where it's kind of like. They're just sort of shedding all the pretense and just being like, yeah, let's just make a fun game. And, you know, that's why, like, there's vampires and werewolves now, mm, yeah. which maybe, which you wouldn't necessarily think potentially fit in the Resident Evil canon. But the Resident Evil canon, if you look, take a broad view of it, it's pretty crazy. It's anyway, ridiculous so. when you think about it. It's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So why not add werewolves and vampires and stuff? Yeah. Right? Why, yeah. So and, why, dude, at this point, why not just have fun with it? And know, Capcom so. is leaning so hard into that marketing with that tall woman, you know, Lady, Lady Demiscu Dimis, Dimis, or whatever her name is, right? Dimitrescu. They, they and... know what they're doing with that. Like, she... <laughs> I mean, smart of them for leaning <laughs> leaning on that marketing, but I, yeah. So that's that's the game I'm looking forward to the most. Obviously, Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I'm getting. Uh, I really would love to replay Mass Effect Two, but to replay Mass Effect Two, I gotta trudge through Mass Effect One. So it's kind of like, man, they hopefully hopefully they really improve Mass Effect One. Biomutant also looks really cool. Uh, Hood and Outlaws is a game my my buddies that I uh, play multiplayer games with, they, they're really interested in that PvE, VE uh, scenario, like the heists and stuff like that. So it definitely seems like there's a bunch of games coming out in May that'll be uh, worthy to check out. And then I'm trying to think, like, is anything coming in June? But uh, I don't think there is. Uh, is there anything else you're looking forward to besides Resident Evil 8, Jez, in May? Uh, Biomutant. Um, I'm pretty excited for Biomutant. Uh I've been, you know, watching some of the trailers for that game. I've been waiting quite a while for it. Um, I used to get Biomutant mixed up with Mutant Year Zero a lot because su- superficially there's the similarities, right? Mm-hmm. But uh, Biomutant's a little bit more, looks a little bit more like a Zelda-ish kind of game. So, I, yeah, I'm pretty excited to try that out. Um, I also want to play Near Replicant, which I know is more recent, but um, I don't know. That's, I suppose those are the main games on my radar right now. Yeah. I need to go and maybe adapt some of my... Because um, we have a be- best upcoming Xbox games roundup article that gets constantly updated when um, when new announcements are made. So. And also... Oh, yeah, Second Extinction is a game I'm looking yeah, forward Second to. Yeah, Second Extinction well. coming to Game Pass next week alongside Destroy All Humans. MLB The Show came this week. It definitely seemed like a lackluster back half of April, almost like the team blew their budget on Outriders and MLB The Show. You know what I mean? And you know what I re- I don't know if anybody's listening from Xbox's marketing or Game Pass department. I know people from Xbox listen to the show all the time. But honestly, don't pad out your announcements for Game Pass with titles that are only coming to cloud. Like, they have this big thing like, here's, here's the game the titles coming to Game Pass. And two of the titles were Fable 2 and 3, and they're on there because they're going to the cloud. 
And I understand why they're on there because okay, it's the cloud and that's the whole thing now. But like, does that? I don't think anybody cares. Like people, people want want to know about the games coming to Xbox console and PC, not necessarily just a mm. game that's coming to the cloud. I disagree. Um, see, maybe it's just my bias is showing because I don't care about the cloud, but. It definitely seems like they they puff up the announcement to make it seem like it's more games than it actually is. You know, it's like, here's Fable 2 and 3, two games. But then when you look at the fine print, it's just like, it's coming to cloud. It's like, oh, okay. I don't know. It just, they do that because they want to puff up the numbers and make them seem more impressive than they are. Uh, I kind of wish nah, they would stop I doing that. I don't that agree with that personally. at all. Now, now that Game Pass is on, now that Game Pass is on the web, I don't, I don't. I think cloud's more important than it was a few months ago. Like the fact that you can play it on your iPad now, or your low end PC, and stuff like that. Like often, I'll just I'll play a game on cloud on PC or a tablet just so I haven't got to install it if it's a smaller game. So um, I personally like that information. I so, mean, yeah, it is your bias. It is my bias. You're biased, biased against man. Halo. I'm biased against cloud announcements. I'm not biased against Halo. You're biased just, against Halo, dude. It shows it like, through and through. It like it is, You're just upset that Gears of War can't even isn't even fit to hold the jock strap of Halo whatsoever. You're just you're just upset about that. You're you're just upset that Gears of War is a franchise that is on the decline and Halo will just always be here eternal. I you I'm know? upset that Halo steals all the budget. Yeah, why not? They could give they could give the coalition the budget of Halo Infinite, and it still wouldn't attract people to play Gears because people are sick of Gears <laughs> multiplayer. They they if, they got they, completely over it last generation. Nobody cares about Gears multiplayer anymore, except for people in like uh you know like like. <laughs> Uh, Brazil or you know South America. And I'm sorry if you're getting all upset. This is me speaking. This is me just you know I'm I'm tired of Jazz always hitting hating on Halo. So I'm gonna hit on Gears. You know that's that's the new thing Man, going forward. If they if they if they took just the budget from the sparkly pink sparkly gun from Halo and put that budget onto Gears, Gears will be better than Halo. Yeah. Okay. Sure. In your dreams, maybe not in reality. <laughs> I got. I, you know, anyways. Um, Dead Planet says, A friend of mine who leans PlayStation release recently said, There's no way Xbox is getting Persona 5 Royale. At best, you guys will get Strikers. Lol thoughts. I mean, we've talked uh, about the whole Persona stuff uh, at length. I believe the Persona series will come to Xbox. What game will be first is anybody's choice. You know, is anybody's guess. Is it Persona 5 Royale? Potentially. Is it just going to be like the base Persona 5 game? Maybe. But um, I could see it being an E3 announcement. I mean, I think Phil is very keen on bringing over these former PlayStation exclusives and kind of making them multi-platform. Did it for Yakuza. Like, the entire series is now on Xbox and Game Pass, except for the newest one. Uh, Judgment even came over. And that's no longer a PlayStation exclusive series. And I think... Phil wants to do the same with Persona. And they're also both published by Sega, right? I believe uh, Atlas is owned by Sega. So I could easily see um, them doing the same for Persona. What do you think, Jez? Yeah, I agree with you. I think um, it's... The whole Persona thing is, is sort of, like, irritating. Because 
I just want them to announce it. <laughs> yeah, you just want it to, you just want it to be announced so we don't have to answer this question. I get it. I get it. I, I do. Yeah. Uh, Nexa wants to know if we think the Xbox is going to make the U- UI in 4K. Um, no, probably not. Probably not. The reason the reason they're not is because um, if they made the UI in 4K, it would remove resources for for developers making games. But I tell you, one thing I would like is at least having the UI support HDR because it's so annoying when mm-hmm. it, the, my TV flickers when it loads up a game with HDR because the dashboard isn't HDR. Yep. That's pretty irritating. That's just but, third world problems, right? First world problems or whatever they say, oh, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I get it. Every single time I launch a game that has HDR, it's like... It, you know, the OLED goes black and it's like instant game response is launched and it, you know, it comes up. Um, it does make you wonder how the PlayStation 5 is able to do 4K HDR dashboard, you know, and uh, still offer all that stuff to developers as Xbox does. And as we've seen in some recent games, you know, PlayStation does outperform the Series X sometimes. So how did that happen? It might just be a, a case of the way the systems are architecture probably most yeah. likely yeah yeah um chris says what are your thoughts about all the xbox japan rumors lately some are far-fetched but others seem possible uh so what japan rumors are we talking about i haven't heard I any japan rumors the metal gear stuff about the, the metal gear oh stuff? yeah well that that's Love a topic it. we'll be we'll be talking about that uh kiwi overkill says hey rand when is phil's shelf coming on xbox 2 um, have you asked, have you asked Phil if he wants to come on the show, Jez? No, I haven't. You've I haven't. asked him in the past though, haven't you? I've talked about it in the past, but you have to go through PR and, and all that sort of stuff. Don't know if, I mean, you know, we can try, we can try. Would you guys like to see Phil Spencer come on the Xbox two podcast? If, uh, if you do, uh, hit a one in the chat. I mean, I, I would love to have Phil come on the show, you know? I, he would probably, I could ask Phil, he would say yes, and then PR would be like, no. And I'd be like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's that's what I was expecting. To. Yeah. Phil would be like, sure, no problem. I'd love to come on and talk games with you guys. And then PR would be like, nah, nah, your podcast isn't good enough, and uh, we don't care. And you're, no. And I'd be like, oh. Uh, Dead Planet says, Xbox, Konami, and Square being in E3 together without PlayStation should probably have PlayStation fanboys a little worried. I mean, I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to see, wait and find out. We got two months. Square said they're going to be there. Konami's going to be there. What does Konami have to show? I don't know. But then again, PlayStation might have a maybe PlayStation can have a show around E3. I I have no idea. Um, let's see here. Uh, Broncos Sword says, "How about how how about using percentage of players who have unlocked the completed game achievements as a KPI to determine engagement for single player games?" What do you think about that one, Jez? I don't know. I think that's a bad idea because most people don't finish the games. So um, if someone plays for like, you know, 90 hours and doesn't complete the game and someone plays for 100 hours and does complete the game, is, is that like a fair way to judge a game? You know, if someone actually fully completes it. Like there can be a whole range of reasons why someone don't fully complete a game. Like, they're too busy in real life and stuff like that. It doesn't necessarily mean the game is bad. I think it should probably go on hours spent versus the average of the average 
use the person makes. But you know, Microsoft has really, you know, high heavily paid statisticians and stuff like that that would determine the best way to measure all that stuff. So I'll defer to them probably. <laughs> Cause uh I'm I'm a guy who dropped out of high school and never finished you know, high school math. So I'm probably not the best person to ask about how to measure its engagement. Right. But, um, um, you did put out a tweet yesterday. I thought this was interesting. Um, you were asking people for recommendations uh, for Xbox podcasts. And uh, you've yeah, been getting a lot of feedback. So, uh, you know, in chat, there's a lot of Xbox podcasts out there. Um, outside of our show, because our show's the best, right? Of course it is. That's why everybody's here. <laughs> and honestly, like, I don't think our show's the best, but we're grateful for everybody that does tune in. Let us know what other podcasts, uh, Xbox related podcasts you like to listen to. Is it the Iron Lords podcast on Sunday with uh, King David and and uh, Lord Cognito, who was a guest this week on the Kind of Funny X cast? You know, they, they do an amazing show. You got Snowbike Mike Paris and Gary Witta. You have RDX with like Dealer and Fonzarelli and Colt Eastwood. Uh, Mr. Boomstick puts on a whole bunch of different shows during the week. Um, you know, Dirt Griggity, he does We Bleed Green. Uh, Defining Duke, uh, which started up with Maddie and ACG. Uh, let us know in the comments what you guys think are your favorites and the ones that you listen to. Because um, it's always pretty interesting because I like to check out a whole bunch of different shows here and there. Um, what what do you, any podcasts you listen to, Jazz? Um, or I used to, <clears throat> I used to listen to Gamertag Radio a lot, and uh, I just sort of dropped off. Not not for because of them, just because I don't have time to do anything except work nowadays. Round, I feel um, you. I feel you. I do really like Gamertag Radio's format, and uh, you know those guys are you know awesome guys and stuff like that. But uh, that was pretty much the only one I used to listen to. Um. But yeah, uh, a lot of people say good things about Special Ed in the Xbox Era podcast. Um, I hear that a lot. Uh, Ash and Lucas Scum Scumcast, yeah, which is, is on right now. We're we're that's why I don't like doing the show on Saturdays because there are other shows that are on at the same time, like uh, Lucas Show, and I always I always kind of hate myself oh. for going on at the same time her show's on. And uh, Gaz over at uh, Game on Daily, he has a show at the same time too, and. Uh, you know, their show's pretty good as well. And uh, I, I don't like stepping on people's toes, but you know, it is what it is. Sometimes the show's got to be on Saturday. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, JM says, looking at Flight Sim, Gears Tactic, Tactics, and Age of Empires 4, is it certain announced Xbox Studio games will launch on console day and date? Is AOE 4 skipping console totally? Um, I think AOE is only on PC. And maybe it comes to console in the future, although I'm not sure. What do you think, Jez? You know more about AOE 4 uh, than most people. You were pretty confident it was releasing this year, and then they announced that it was coming fall. So what do you think What do you think uh, their plans are for Age of Empires 4 coming to console? I have, uh, I have no idea. I have no inside information about whether it'll come to console, but I think there's like... There's a, there's a philosophical problem Microsoft has when it comes to Age of Empires coming console it's kind of like do you make keyboard and mouse a requirement because the game is designed explicitly around keyboard and mouse or do you dumb the gameplay down and add a controller controller gameplay and stuff like that or do you try and like add a separate mode that's sort of like this is the controller mode this is 
you know, this is for control. This is a controller mode, split the multiplayer player base. And then it's kind of like, well, you've split the multiplayer player base there. So there is like <clears throat> a non-trivial thought process that goes into whether or not that happened. Personally, I think it will happen eventually. Um, I think like the, they could do like a separate mode that, you know, they could even do it on PC where it segregates people based on their input and stuff like that. Um, but I, I personally just think if that's so much of a problem, just make it keyboard and mouse required, you know. Um, and it could open the way for more games that are designed for keyboard and mouse to come to to come to a console, like uh, World of Warcraft, for example. So, um, yeah, that's what I think about that. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. Right. Uh, Mighty Ryan says Xbox Facts Factor Podcast is the one that he really enjoys. Uh, a lot of people saying Miles uh, with the Xbox Chatter Day. Uh, people want Miles in this show. <laughs> would be people. People want us to have more guests. Uh, the Xbox Two Plus One. You know, they want people to come on here. Uh, but uh, you know, m- maybe we will in the future. I'm still not decided. And who knows? Maybe we'll even be on camera at some point. We'll see. We'll Someday. see. Um. So let's talk about. All right. Let's talk about Game Pass. Right. So. You wrote an article in Game Pass talking about basically how you can't really compare it to Netflix, can't really compare it to Spotify, whole different thing. Uh, you also put out there that Xbox Game Pass recently had reached 23 million subscribers, which oh, is oh oh around. I, I need to I need to live, I need to put out an apology. About oh wait a minute, <laughs> you need to put out an apology. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So special ed. Special Ed from Xbox Era tweeted that Game Pass had 22 million subscribers. And I quote tweeted him and said that Game Pass has 23 million subscribers. And uh, and then Special Ed was like, oh, God, Jez is stealing my thunder kind of thing, joking around about it. Well, I actually owe Special Ed a big apology because I think... Because I have I have a document which, you know, describes a, lo- a load of stuff about Game Pass, like uh, about its growth. And uh, the 23 million stat that I read was actually referring to a different kind of growth. So, so I think Special Ed's 22 million is actually the accurate number. Mm. And um, I uh, I misread the document. So um, I'm going to, I should probably put that, I should probably tweet that out today. I only found this out yesterday, by the way. So um, apologies to special ed and i think jeff grubb also said he'd heard 22 million right right yeah I jeff think. grubb jeff grubb on his podcast yesterday <clears throat> said the uh he had heard 22 um so jazz you you sent me because you were like uh-oh i think i made a mistake and i was like <laughs> okay so you sent me you sent me the document and you're like what does this mean to yeah, you yeah, and, yeah. and i looked at it i was yeah. like yeah i don't think that means what you think it means yeah yeah, yeah. it's it's all good but you know i'll uh I'll uh, I'll put a I'll put an apology to special and uh, I guess Jeff Grubb as well. But um, you know, things things happen. But anyway, twenty two million is still still pretty great, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, so it'll be at it'll be at twenty three million soon enough. And if Microsoft, they do have their financial reports coming out soon. Um, that will go up to the end of March. So maybe they will announce twenty one million if they do talk about it. Uh, maybe since it only goes up to the end of March, maybe it's 21, maybe it's 22, or maybe they don't even talk about it. But it's not that far off. Uh, people make mistakes about it. 
Dano says, I am disappointed. I feel bamboozled, you know? So, uh, you know, sometimes people make mistakes. It's still, you know, it's not exactly 23 million just yet. At least well, it could be, but maybe it's not. Um, uh, I, I just want to shut down this South Star Online guy. He's saying 22 million to to have ever used a service isn't great. It's not active users. It is active users. It's not cumulative. So that whole narrative is just some people making stuff up uh, to downplay, down, downplay it. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know why people think that. I, I know a lot of people don't like positive Xbox news, whether, and you get some trolls that have come into this podcast and trolls that come to every other podcast. And there's this thought process out there I see on Twitter from, you know, uh, people that being like, well, we don't know the whole truth. And it's like, yes, you do. You already know the truth. You just don't want to believe it. You don't want to believe that Game Pass is at 22 million because it's it's easier for you to kind of say to your followers that Microsoft is lying. It's not 22 million or 23 million. It's those are how many people have used the service since day one. So it's kind of funny because those same people who ask those questions, right? And they're just, I'm just, they'll just say, I'm just asking questions. Uh, I'm just asking questions. You know, we need more information. (laughs) But those same people will never do the same to PlayStation when PlayStation announces they have 45 million PlayStation Plus subscribers. They don't ask if that's how many people that have ever used the service. They just, of course, think to themselves, of course, it's 45 million current subscribers. Why wouldn't Why wouldn't it be? Or when Disney Plus says we have 100 million subscribers or Netflix says they have 208 million subscribers, nobody questions if those are the current active user base or if those are all the people who have ever used Netflix in the history of the service. So... You're telling me that Microsoft is the only company that when re- reported to investors, reported to their development partners because they need this information, that Microsoft is o- the only one out here being like, you know what, yeah, we're not going to tell you the active number of subscribers. We're just going to tell you the number of people who have used the service. It's, it's absurd. It's ridiculous. Some of these people look like absolute clowns. Like, I don't understand. Like... It's 23, 22 million, 23 million. It's active subscribers. It's people that pay month to month. It's people that, you know, um, uh, basically switched or, uh, what, what, what was the thing you could do, Jez? You could like convert your Xbox Live Gold to, uh, Xbox Game Pass, right? You could, you know, and it's the people who, who do use the trials, like $1 for, you know, three months. And if it falls in that reporting period, they're an active subscriber until they're not subscribed anymore. Like, I don't know what to tell people here. Like, the, the, the fact that there are people out there trying to push this narrative, trying to convince others, is just sad. It's, it's just honestly freaking sad. Because, uh, you know, Microsoft can, can get in big trouble uh, legally as well if they're telling their investors that, you know, it's 23 million or 22 million subscribers when it's really not. I don't know. It's... There's always something. It's like, and to me, and I'm going to say this, and this is just my opinion. We'll see if Jez agrees with me or not. I think some of those people are, are legit scared of what Game Pass might do in the future. They're scared that Game Pass's success 
will have an impact on their favorite brand's success. So a lot of these guys who voice these concerns and have these quote-unquote questions about Microsoft being truthful are the same people um, who also are hoping for PlayStation to have great success this generation. And look, I'm one of them. I want Xbox to succeed. I want Xbox to have a way better generation than the Xbox One. And I like I want PlayStation to succeed because if PlayStation succeeds, I think that means we're going to get a whole bunch of great exclusive games from from them. And that's all I care about, right? That's all I care about. I only care about great games from PlayStation. That's all I want. And if they succeed, then they probably are, are going to be able to do that. But for whatever reason, some of these PlayStation guys don't want Xbox to succeed. So they try to downplay Xbox's biggest thing they have going for them, the, the platform that is Game Pass. Because they think if Game Pass takes off and reaches 30 million subscribers, hits 40 million subscribers, goes all the way up to 60 million subscribers, that somehow it'll take away from the success of PlayStation. That somehow it'll diminish PlayStation in other people's eyes. And I'm not sure that's the case. I, th- I think they're worried about it because they've wrapped their whole identity around PlayStation and they, and they can't bear the thought of someone else actually competing and, and people actually enjoying what Xbox is offering versus PlayStation. And I think there's a little bit of that. Some of them, of course, are pandering to their, to their audiences on Twitters, right? There are people that do that a lot. They, 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 they built a following of people, of like-minded individuals, right? And they're just pandering to them uh, because they know what their their audience, you know, eats up. So if, like, you're one of those people that is like, hey, you know what, guys? If you actually take and look at all the PlayStation Studios' names, it actually spells out greatness, right? If you're one of those people that needs to come up with ridiculous stuff like that to pander to an audience, then it's no surprise you're also out there being like, why won't Microsoft tell us the truth? Are these active subscribers or the people who have used it since day one? Right? I don't they, know. They want they want it they want it to be cumulative because then that they can use this narrative that people are, are getting one dollar and then rolling it over. Mm-hmm. Which Nobody I'm sure does. there are people who do that. I'm sure there are. I mean, 100%. I mean there there are like, but it's going to be trivial. It's going to be like 0.5 percent of people because you lose all your cloud saves, you lose all your progress. Like, why? Why would you bother doing that? It's it's just it makes no sense to me. So, you know, it's it's kind of like saying, well, nobody subscribes to Netflix because everyone's you know sharing accounts or whatever. So you know, the revenue speaks for itself. And Microsoft have said in their investor call they have to report they have to report how much revenue the divisions are making, and they attributed the revenue growth at, at uh, Xbox to Game Pass and the subscription services. So, you know, you can do the math yourself at the end of the day. And if, uh, and if, those, people are, if those people are cumulative users, then why, why are they getting so much extra revenue per month, you know? You can literally just look up the figures and do the math yourself. So, oh, I guess I'll do it. I could do the math. I could pull, bust out a calculator brand. I could do that. Why not? Sure. Why not, eh? Mm-hmm. Uh, RDX says, get D-Batch on here. He's super technical. Uh, Robert says, what's taking Flight Sim so long to come to Series X? Aren't the specs basically PC? Um, I mean, it still takes time to do porting and stuff like that. So, And uh, you know, I'm sure it'll come to the console when it's ready. 
and which they already said is this summer. So it'll be here sooner than later. Uh, DDP says Sony confirmed those were active users though. Um, yeah, I mean, I understand that. And I guess what you want is Microsoft to come out and say, these are active users. Uh, even though like, of course they are like, I don't understand. Like, of course they're active users. What do you think Microsoft is going to Square Enix and being like, Hey, we have 22 million subscribers and Square Enix is like, are those active or are those everybody who's ever used the service? I mean, come on. <laughs> like, what are, what are we really uh, talking about here? So, like, of course, it's 22 active, you know, mil, it's 22 active, you know, subscribers. Whether they're on a trial or whether they're paying for it or whether they're grandfathered in for three years, that's what it is, you know? Um... I can't believe we actually got to talk about this, but that's, I mean, and honestly, like what's going to happen by the end of the year, right? If they're at 22 million now, which is pretty insane growth, considering last April, they announced that they were at like 10, I believe, which means they would have doubled it in the course of a year. Uh, You know, there's a good chance that they'll hit 30 million by the end of the year. I mean, is, is that a reasonable prediction? Do you think jazz, if, Forza Horizon 5 and Starfield and Halo Infinite all hit. Ubisoft Plus, you know, Ubisoft games come to Game Pass. Battlefield 6, Day 1 Game Pass, among other things. Like, what do you think? Yeah. What do you think it could hit? By, well, by the I, end tweet, of the year? I tweeted, um, based on the idea that it, was, it had 23 million subscribers, I tweeted that it could comfortably hit 30 million by the end of the year. But I think even if it's 22 million or whatever, you know, I still think 30 million is is pretty safe bet for the end of the year. If you know we are getting these big games like uh, Halo and who knows Forza, whatever. So um, yeah, and also like expanding to iOS and expanding to the web, low power PCs and all that sort of stuff is probably going to boost figures as well. And uh, there's you know marketing Microsoft can push over to PC. Like PC is one area of growth that they see and. Uh, you know, as we revealed, Rand on Windows Central this week, this was like one of our bigger Windows leaks of the week. Microsoft is working on a full backend revamp of um, a full backend revamp of the Windows Store. So, like one of the one of the pain points of Xbox Game Pass on PC right now is that the games that are delivered are restricted in a container, which means mods don't work properly, and you know, loads of other stuff. And uh, they're gonna they're gonna let devs just upload the raw Win32 version, similar to similarly to how it works on Steam. So the delivery mechanism for Game Pass for PC should become a lot more, you know, better, and uh, that should hopefully lead to more uptake on PC as well. So uh, I think 30 million by the end of the year is pretty a pretty conservative estimate, frankly. Yeah, I still see some people saying about the active thing. You know what? I'm gonna DM Phil on Monday. And I'm going to be like, Phil, next time you guys talk about Game Pass numbers, make sure you put the word active in front of subscribers so people know that it's truly active subscribers, right? Even though like the idea of having subscribers, uh, if you're subscribed, means you're active regardless. I-, I don't know. Like, I find the whole discussion to be outside of the fact that like, don't you, don't, with all the documentation that you see, don't, don't you know that it's active? actually active subscribers jazz like don't you know that for a fact anyways i mean yeah but you know 
it's it's always it's always more impactful if it comes from the uh, of course of course it comes it from is. the sports uh, Don says Age of Empires 4 and Series X via Game Pass for PC coming to xCloud well so how does that work Jez so if Age of Empires 4 is coming day one on Game Pass on the PC side is that going to be able to be streamed to um, your Windows 10 browser no um, Game Pass for PC games are not in xCloud right now like all, all cloud games have to be uh, on the Xbox developer platform. So every cloud game that's exists in the service right now, those are the Xbox builds, which is like what we've talked about in the past is how xCloud ensures the future of consoles because they, you know, the cloud is powered by consoles. So, um, yeah. But Phil did say that uh, PC games will come to the cloud too eventually. So, you know, maybe there is a future where you can play uh, Age of Empires with a mouse and keyboard off your phone because you can hook up a mouse and keyboard to your phone with bluetooth um a lot of the time so um that's something that'll happen eventually but i don't know um how long uh how long out that is yeah RDX, they're still rolling out the xbox series x server server blade upgrades at the moment they so. are they're yeah they're internal testing and rolling out rdx says uh people are sleeping on scorn and psychonauts when is Psychonauts coming out? Because they did say recently that the game's real, it's playable, and it's coming this year. It definitely seems like the game should have been out already by now. So at, at this point, we're at the end of April. It probably shows up at E3 again. Do you think we? You think Psychonauts launches in June or July or August maybe at this point? Because I know we have Flight Sim coming this summer for console. Yeah, I think um, they did say Psychonauts is coming this year. So um, I have no idea. I haven't really been following the development of that game so much, but um, it's funny because like a lot of core Xbox fans aren't like they don't seem super hyped about Psychonauts. But if you go if you go on Double Fine's Twitter and look at Psychonauts tweets, there there is a huge fan base for that game. So um, and obviously it's cross platform though, so it doesn't really move the needle too much for Microsoft. But um, Psychonauts three will be exclusive most likely. So yeah. Um, All right. So um. Let's let's switch gears here for a second and talk about some rumors, Jez. Talk about sure. some speculation. We love speculation on the channel, whether it's in videos. Some speculation ends up being right. Some speculation, obviously, uh, wrong. And this is one that is very interesting. And I'm not sure what to honestly think about it. I talked about it on Mavs podcast yesterday, Fun Speculation. They just hit 1,000 subscribers, and they were here in the chat earlier, so shout out to them. Um, and Muhammad says he just got an Xbox Series X on Thursday from the Microsoft store. Congratulations, bro. I hope you really enjoy the system. It's great. I can't go back. Like, I can't go back to 30 frames anymore. Uh, 60 frames is, is now the new standard. But um, they brought up this question, and I've seen Young Ye make a video about it uh, regarding Metal Gear. I think we touched on it maybe last week. I'm not sure when it was. But this idea that potentially the Metal Gear IP from Konami is up for grabs in some way, whether it's through a sale, whether it's through licensing, which I do believe they are licensing it out, because I'm fairly confident there's a Metal Gear Solid remake in production by a developer. Like, I would... I, I'm like 90-10 that, that the Metal Gear Solid remake is real, Right. I heard about it a couple years ago, but what do you think about these rumors, Jez, that Microsoft may be interested? 
other people may be interested in Metal Gear. You know, but like you know, Kojima's working with Xbox supposedly, according to Jeff Grubb. You know, maybe he wants to work on Metal Gear again, and Xbox might want to, you know, you know, be like, okay, well, like, like, what do you think about these Metal Gear rumors? Ah, uh, yeah, well, you know, I think was it David Hayer, the the original voice, the actor voice actor, Sonic yes, Blade? yes. Didn't he recently hint that there was a remake? Being I'm made? I'm f- really really positive there re- uh, there is a remake, and it is real, and it's being made by somebody. Like I heard about it a couple years ago. From the same person that told me uh, two years ago that Demon Souls was going to be a launch title for the PS5, and the guy who tells me that stuff, like he's always right. So he basically also said that there is a Metal Gear game in early pre-production, and uh, that was a couple years ago. So I, I, I'm fairly confident that there is a Metal Gear game um, being made, and there are a whole bunch of rumors that point around to it being true as well. So. Um, yeah, but more like the idea of, of Microsoft being interested in licensing or potentially buying Metal Gear, uh, for, for Xbox. Like, what do you think about all that? Man, I, it's just, it's kind of weird to me. Like, like why, why would Microsoft want to split? It's just something I haven't really done before. Right. And sure, we live in we live in weird times where Microsoft, you know, buys Bethesda, and maybe maybe they there is something to this idea that they would license the IP for something, but it's just kind of like when you're a when you're licensing IP that reduces the margins because you have to pay Konami, and then like you're using a second party dev that reduces the margins. So if like you were getting Kojima involved, so then you've you've split the revenue three ways there. Which, to me, sounds like a weird bet to make on a potentially unproven, unproven thing, right? So, <clears throat> I mean, obviously, Metal is a huge, huge IP, but a lot of those games actually didn't sell super amazingly well, and also it's kind of like hasn't hasn't the industry kind of, in some ways moved away i mean and i'm saying this as someone who considers murgy solid one two and three to be three of the best games ever made and certainly three of my favorite games ever made um even murgy solid four absolutely loved it it was the only playstation 3 game i owned it was the only playstation 3 game i owned it was murgy solid four i literally bought playstation 3 for murgy solid four and then didn't reuse it for anything else so um that you know i'm a metal gear fan through and through but at the same time i just kind of feel like there isn't a scenario where a new metal gear game can succeed when konami is in one corner and kojima's in a new studio and and then you also have microsoft who generally i don't know if they would want to wait several years for a metal gear exclusive to be made that was faithful to the quality that people would expect i mean it'd take years it'd take years and years and years to make a metal gear that was that did justice to the the franchise and um you know i kind of feel like does microsoft have the stomach to to wait for that 
I mean, it could be amazing, but it just, it just, there's so many, there's so many details about this idea that just sort of detract from the, the chances of it happening for me, you know? So, um, I don't believe, I think if, if Kojima and Microsoft are working together, and I believe that to be true because Jeff Grubb's rarely incorrect on this stuff, um, I'm not sure if he's ever incorrect on this stuff. So, uh, when Jeff, if Jeff Grubb says Kojima's an Xbox are working towards a deal, then I fully believe it. And but I would also personally believe it'd either be a new, it'd be a new IP most likely. I can't see, I can't see a scenario where Microsoft makes and markets Konami's IP for them, unless they buy it outright. And if they buy it outright, then that's something they've they've rarely done in the past. They bought the publishing rights to Mech, the MechWarrior universe, but that was like a million years ago. Um, and also Shadowrun as well. This is a completely new universe we're in right now. And I don't know why Microsoft would pay to license an IP and build up a brand that Konami had killed for Konami. It'd either have to be a very good deal or Microsoft would have to buy the IP outright. Um, now, buying the IP outright is maybe something I could see. Maybe. Because, you know, for example, Bethesda bought Fallout, right? Yes, and Xbox I- bought the Gears IP. Yeah, and they bought the Gears IP and the MechWarrior IP, and you know, and when they buy when they buy studios, they get the IPs that they bought. So the, maybe there is a, a universe where this could possibly happen, but I don't see the I don't see the licensing angle happening because that just that's just weird. Why would you Why would you want to Why would you want to do Konami's work for them? Basically, add value to Konami's IP. Just, just for royal, just for royalties. It's, it just seems weird to me. So, but again, the the intricacies of business, you know, uh, you know, there's obviously going to be factors that I'm not privy to, or we're not privy to. We're not going to see. We're never going to see those contracts unless there's some kind of huge leak, like what happened to Capcom recently, <laughs> which I guess we're going to talk about too later. But um, there's there's a huge amount of nuance that you know that could feed into this but alas i guess we'll wait and see we live in weird times so maybe it could happen maybe there could be something like this and maybe kojima you know there's also the question does kojima even want to go back to metal gear you know um maybe he does maybe he doesn't but we don't a lot of konami's business now is based around pachinko machines in japan right yeah, where game, they where they do like in the true sense. where they do Metal Gear pachinkos and they do Silent Hill pachinkos. Now, if they sold, let, let's imagine a hypothetical scenario where they sold the IP to somebody else, wouldn't they be uh, able? Wouldn't they basically not be able to make Metal Gear pachinko machines anymore? Like <sighs> they wouldn't be. They wouldn't yeah. own the IP unless like the who you're selling it to gives them okay, you can. Or I think it's maybe more of a light like. We already know they're looking to license, right? There's Silent Hill rumors galore. VGC says they know for a fact that there is a new Silent Hill game in production. There's rumors that even maybe Bluebird Team's next game is Silent Hill, right? So it definitely seems like Konami's willing to license out their IPs. You know, if this Metal Gear remake thing is true, 
clearly that's more evidence to them saying they're they're okay with licensing out because they don't really own any more studios, so they can't make any games themselves. So why not license it out? But you lose all that if you buy it. And honestly, if Xbox, hypothetically, of course, speculation. The only way I would see Xbox buying Metal Gear or Silent Hill or Castlevania is if they had long-term plans for those franchises. It wouldn't just be a one-off. Like, you you spend that money because you think you'll be making multiple Metal Gear games in the future. Like, the reason Xbox bought the Gears of War franchise from Epic. Epic was very upfront saying, like, I think Gears has reached its limit. It's no longer making huge profits. We're kind of done with the franchise. But it was so always... Um, connected to Xbox that um, they were like, listen, we have the studio out in, uh, what was it? What were they called before the coalition? Uh, Black Tusk, right? Black, uh, Microsoft Canada, Black Tusk. Um, yeah. They're like, you know what? Um, we'll buy the Gears franchise. And what have we seen? They did Gears Ultimate. They did Gears 4. They did Gears 5. They did Gears Tactics on PC. They did Gears Pop. There's going to be a Gear 6, right? So you're talking about like 6... Six new games that came from them buying it, not to mention putting all the other ones in back and pat, right? And who knows, there might be even been another Gears game later. So Microsoft is trying to get their money's worth out of essentially purchasing the Gears IP. And I think the same would hold true if they ended up buying Metal Gear. Like, you're not buying Metal Gear for one game, you're buying Metal Gear because you foresee you making four or five Metal Gear games in the future. You know, but does anybody care about about Metal Gear if Kojima's not working on it? That's the other thing. Is like, you know, like sure, you could if you get a really great studio who's known for remakes, making Metal Gear Solid One, remaking it. Yeah, that'll probably sell because oh my god, can you imagine Metal Gear Solid One remade? Uh, you know, that was that that was what a PS One game uh, that was that was then remade on the GameCube and nobody's like touched up on it since. Can you imagine what? that title would look like on next generation right but it could be could be just utterly incredible but you know when you when you are remaking a game you kind of it's it's almost like partially a remix right like resident evil one the resident evil one remake is one of the what i consider to be one of the best remakes of all time and resident evil 2 remake was also really good and but both of those sort of they remixed the game. They added characters. They changed. They they have to sort of change up your expectations while also staying faithful to the original. I feel like only Kojima could comfortably or reliably remix Metal Gear Solid. I think like if you got like someone else doing it, or you didn't at least have Kojima consulting, it could be. It could just be a total disaster, and like. You know, like Kojima was even consulting on uh, Metal Gear Rising, and you can you can feel it. You can feel it in the game. You know, it's it, it feels like a Kojima game, even though like um, Platinum made it. But you can just you can it just feels like you can feel Kojima's influence throughout the whole game. So, um, I don't know. I I want to I want to the Metal Gear fan in me and the Kojima fan in me wants to believe it, but at the same time, it just it feels like too wildly out there to be true but you know it would be it would be a big announcement like dovakin says everything points to xbox e3 kojima konami etc etc 
right? It, it certainly would be a big announcement not only have Kojima make an exclusive game, but if that exclusive game was Metal Gear, like, people would be, like, shocked. So it definitely would, would make for a shocking announcement. It's just, I don't know. Uh, every time people asked about acquisitions, it was always like, yeah, Microsoft was looking to buy, but then nobody was like, Bethesda, right? And now Bethesda's changed everything because now nothing's off the table, especially when you have like Embracer buying stuff. Jim Ryan said recently that they'll always consider mergers and acquisitions, right? Like it definitely seems that if you're wanting to sell your business in the gaming sector, now's the time, right? Sega basically kind of getting rid of their some of their uh you know other businesses making them look more ripe for an acquisition right like Mm -hmm. the square enix stuff that we talked about last week where there was some you know whether or not that was just a couple bankers trying to inflate the stock but them saying like yeah multiple parties are interested in square enix right it definitely seems you can't really discount a lot of stuff anymore and you know the people saying these things don't just say things in, in my opinion like there are definitely people out there you know, like who who makes shit up on Twitter and on YouTube for views and for clout, right? That have that are constantly wrong. But these people that are saying this stuff, they don't do that. And you're putting yourself out there by saying this stuff. And so, like, I tend to believe that, yeah, you know what? Konami probably is out there looking, not necessarily maybe looking to sell, but maybe like looking to partner with somebody, and. It would be absolutely crazy, but I'm more on, on the cautious side of things. So, like, to me, I just kind of look at it as, like, Metal Gear, which would be amazing. It's just like, phew, I don't know about that. But either way, it's definitely something to keep your eye on. So, um, and yeah, we'll, sure. we'll, we'll, we'll be looking at it more. Who knows? Maybe it happens at E3, which would be nuts. Uh, shout out to the newest member of the channel, uh, Jorge Cornell. Thank you for supporting the, the journey and uh, enjoy all your emotes. So, there was also some little, little more information about um, Starfield uh, potentially releasing this year, Jazz. Did you see, what was those things? Uh, what are they called? Um, trademarks. The trademarks. Right. So, the trademark came out for Starfield, and it's trademark for 2021. And a lot of people are like, eh, does that mean anything, right? And apparently it does, because when you look at other trademarks that ZeniMax has... Uh, Doom Eternal was trademarked 2020, which was the year it released. Dishonored 2 was trademarked in 2017, year it released. Uh, Fallout 4 trademarked in the year 2015, uh, year it released. And now Starfield is trademarked for 2021. Now, we were all, you know, pretty positive. We've been talking about it here, like basically saying like, hey, uh, we felt that the Bethesda show would be heavily anchored by a Starfield reveal, maybe be about a 30-minute demo to get people really hyped, and I thought the game would launch this fall, whether it's October or November is is up for anybody's guess. Because I had heard that the title was originally supposed to launch last year, but COVID delayed it like COVID delayed a whole bunch of other stuff. Then Microsoft obviously bought Bethesda, and me and Jazz had been saying forever since the day they bought Bethesda that Outside of contract situations, all the Bethesda games would only be on Xbox and PC moving forward, right? And I've been told by very reliable people that Starfield was 100% an Xbox exclusive. I've even made bets about it. And I don't bet unless I know I'm winning the bet, right? So I'm really, really confident that Starfield is only releasing on Xbox when it does. And I had been told as well, I think you, you had been told as well, that Microsoft was aiming to get the, trying their hardest 
to get the game out for 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 this holiday. They 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 really want Starfield out this holiday. The game's basically sort of finished. It's in like bug squashing mode right now. QA QA stuff very much like Halo Infinite, and it would be a big boon for Game Pass and Xbox if they could both launch both you know the Halo and Starfield this fall. So does this lead further credence to the rumors and the feelings uh, that Starfield will not only get revealed this year, but launch uh, at the end of the year, Jez? Well, I, I, this is what Bethesda have done in the past. They've done, they they did it for Fallout 4. They were like, oh, by the way, it's coming out in six months kind of thing. And uh, they, they seem to like that, right? Mm-hmm. And I think, I think it's, it's a good way. It's a good way to set expectations. Um, but man, it's it's kind of funny. We know nothing about the game. Like they've kept they've kept a lid on leaks. I mean, we had like some prototype assets leak or something, um, which were Fallout in space is what it's going to be, Jazz. I mean, Fallout in space, hard sci-fi, maybe Mass Effect. You know, I'm down for that. I mean, so, but like how, how that... do you do? How do you do outpost in space though? Like Fallout, Fallout and Elder Scrolls are all like. You know, you travel around, and there's caves, and there's there's you know stuff to explore. If you're in space. How do you do that? Derelict spaceships landing on asteroids. I, I don't know. Yeah, Silver Saint says, "What is Starfield about? Is it an FPS? Is it an RPG? Is it a space game? It's basically all three of those." Like I said, it it's probably just going to be it's going to be Fallout in space. So it'll be shooting potentially. You know, and who knows what else? That's what makes it interesting because this is the team that made Fallout 4. It's the team that made uh, Skyrim, right? And this is kind of I what kind they of do. Like, I hope we can, like, build our own spaceships and stuff using the creation engine. Because even though, like, Fallout 4 is, like, probably the worst mainline Fallout game, it's still an amazing game. And, man, I spent a hell of a lot of time building settlements in that game. Like a, an absurd amount of time building, <laughs> building stuff. I probably spent more time building my bases in Fallout 4 than actually playing the game. So um, I do have this, this stuff like that in the game. Building up my own spaceship, flying around, I don't know, fighting aliens. Man, I'm, I'm excited. Cool. I don't know anything about the game. That's uh, weird. Xbox Lord Gamer says bet on Halo releasing this year. I mean... If Halo doesn't release this year, there's some serious problems at 343 and management needs to just basically be rolled over. Like, it has to hit this year. and I'm like 99% confident it will be. Um, but Put Joseph Stein in charge. Yeah. Uh, Dovakin says the trademark thing is pretty consistent, though. Yeah, I mean, any, obviously what, we're in April now. Anything can happen. But I, I feel very confident in my initial prediction from the beginning of the year about... Forza Horizon 5, Halo, and Starfield releasing this holiday. And if it happens, Rand will look like a genius. People will be like, I remember when Rand said this back in January. And I'd be like, you're goddamn right. You know? Now the question about, like, I wonder where Forza Horizon 5 is set. Hmm. I mean, we we do know from uh, Jeff Grubb and Cloberl that it's not set in Japan. Which is going to disappoint some people, for sure. Right? People, it's kind of like Assassin's Creed. A lot of people were very much like, "When are you going to Japan for Assassin's Creed?" And they didn't. And then Ghost of Tsushima basically did Assassin's Creed in Japan, and was amazing I think, I think for it's, it. It's kind of like Japan is is the location that you, a lot of these games will obviously eventually go to. But it'd be like 
it'll be like they'll do it when when they need to and the time's right and stuff because I don't know like I, I know that Assassin's Creed in Japan would just be so massive just because you can tap the whole samurai stuff the ninja aspects and that sort of thing but you also have to do it right because there's like a hell of a lot of research to align the culture accurately especially if you're you're going into the you know feudal age like uh ghost shima did and i did see like the the developers of ghost shima they actually like took some kind of award for like how accurate they portrayed the history and stuff which really does you know speak to you know state of the art levels of commitment there so like man i really ghost of shima is one game that i really regret that i don't have access to frankly but um but yeah that's uh gone off on a tangent slightly there but um, it will be interesting to see where the next Forza is set. Yeah, um, I just I know people want Japan because they they want the you know uh, the great location, the drifting and stuff like that. And it does I don't know like some is is there just a thing against like not giving fans what they want, or is it just a small section of fans that want it in Japan and wherever you know the playground team wants to actually put it is where they want to put it. Like, um. I don't know. I think they definitely will bring it to Japan eventually. I mean, they they did the whole um, they did the whole uh, uh, J- Japan expansion pack for Flight Simulator, which was you know, like heavily marketable and stuff like that. So, and also Microsoft wants to expand in Japan and bringing Forza to Japan would be a good way to to yeah, do it. Yeah, that is true. That I, is true. I, I um when uh, when uh, Forza Horizon was announced for the UK. Like even though I don't really like Forza because it's race, I don't really like racing games. Like it's you it's don't like still, good games, still... you know. I know <laughs> you don't like good games, oh, which is why you like you know Gears, right? I don't like I don't like Lego games, man. But anyway, um, when Forza was announced for the UK, it was it was so hyped to see because like not many games, not many games are set in the UK. Like even like Watch Dogs Legion, like seeing seeing London you know recreated so accurately and it really was recreated pretty accurately minus the minus the drones i guess <laughs> but you know it, it was just cool to see when it's when it's your hometown right um so i bet watchdogs did pretty damn well in the uk on that basis alone so um yeah i don't know i have no idea you know where you know probably where it wouldn't be a very good setting for forza what Antarctica. Yeah. Uh, it, you could maybe do an expansion bad. in Antarctica, but yeah, I get it. Uh, Luke says, what's your favorite game based on where you're from? So, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm from Chicago. Everybody knows that. And there's not that many games set in Chicago, but I remember I loved it when Watch Dogs was set here. Even though it was a very fictionalized version of Chicago, um, I thought that was still pretty cool. Because it was like, oh, there's a Sears Tower and there's some landmarks that I... That I recognize, so I don't know why more 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 games don't like do like you know Grand Theft Auto did New York and stuff like that, but like why don't more mm. more 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 people do Chicago, you know? Grand Theft Auto London, nineteen sixty nine. Mm. Do you remember that? <laughs> Actually, I do remember that. that. Yeah, <laughs> I I would love if they if they if they did that again, but like with the with the modern engine. I think that'd be so cool because like you got the whole Peaky Blinders thing, which is really big. And I know obviously Peaky Blinders is set in Birmingham, but you know, the Cray twins and, and all that sort of like the Brit- British gangster culture is like 
pretty hot right now. What if they did like a GTA that was like in the the British classic gangster Victorian era or whatever? So I think that'd be super cool, bro. You know? Yeah. Uh, RDX Son of Fett says Psychonauts Two is listed as an Xbox exclusive. Um. Well, I don't think it is. I'm pretty sure it's coming out on any platform. Now, I think it might be a Series X exclusive because I don't think it was announced for the PlayStation 5. So I think it'll be coming out on Xbox One, PS4, PC, Xbox Series X, and Switch. Whatever whatever the... the, the it's not announced for Switch. It's not announced for but Switch? Okay. Apparently not. Well, according to Wikipedia, it might be out of date. So now it's for Windows, Mac OS, and Linux, VOM, PS4, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X and S. Um, I expect it will come to Nintendo Switch as well, uh, just because it's coming to PS4. But no PS5 listed right now. Well, that was beca- that was because that's what they promised uh, their backers on Fig. So yeah, you might get an exclusive Series X version of the game, but they didn't promise one for the PlayStation Five. So. That might be why there is no PS5 version listed. So, yeah. Um, let's see what else we got here. Um, so, xCloud's finally on iOS and Windows 10. Um, I didn't ask for an invite uh, because I'm not really that interested in game streaming and I wouldn't really be a good person to get feedback from. Um, I have an iOS. And then, you know what? I actually saw in my uh, my email I had an invite. So I can actually try it out if I want to, and I'm not going to. F. You're a, wa- you're a waste of an invite, man. Yep, pretty much. I am a waste of an invite. So have you, have you, has anybody in chat tried out game streaming on iOS or Windows 10, and how's it, how's it doing? Uh, have you tried it out, Jazz? Um, I haven't tried. Actually, yeah, I have. I did try it out on the web on my PC works really well you know i'm gonna i'm probably gonna write about it next week i'm gonna use my uh my parents really bad windows 7 laptop to do it to show that it can run on you know basically a potato um but you know that's uh yeah it it just works it just works which is pretty impressive feat i think there are some bugs on the os ios version when it comes to uh uh recognizing controllers or something but you know it's still a beta and they'll work through all that stuff so um it's impressive stuff yeah my dog is like going crazy because i I think there's another dog outside so he's (laughs) uh he's going nuts up there um a lot of people saying that they don't like it a lot of input delay stuff like that some people say it's good for them i mean it is in beta uh give feedback if you're using it to to make it better but it's not, I don't know. It's just game streaming isn't something uh, I'm interested in. You know, I know some people think it's the future, like our buddy Zedox, but uh, I don't think it's, if it is the future, it definitely won't be the future for, for a long time. Um, and honestly, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know if it'll ever become the future. But some people, some people believe in this future, but I don't know. Um, okay. So. Uh, what else? Oh, we also uh, free to play games finally free on Xbox, uh, which was great. Uh, they 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 were testing it and now it's available to everybody. So anybody in chat who really wants to play Fortnite and Warzone or Roblox and you don't long no longer have to pay for Xbox Live Gold to be able to play those games. And then maybe in a couple years when Xbox Game Pass gets to fifty million subscribers, uh, you won't have to play pay gold for any multiplayer games, right? 
Yeah, maybe. That, maybe. That, that's the dream. That's the dream. Uh, FPS boost as well. You had an interesting tweet about this, Jazz. So they announced the next batch of FPS boost titles, and they're all EA games. There's 13 of them. A lot of them go all the way up to 120 frames per second. There's only one that goes up to 60. Some of them do reduce the resolution, like Titanfall 2 and Battlefield 4. Um, how are you feeling about uh, not getting uh, a TV that does 4K <laughs> 120 now? Now with all these 120 frames games on on the Series X, you know? Well, it's, it's funny, you know, because my TV does do 1440p at 120 hertz. But because I use a capture card, my Elgato doesn't pass through 120 hertz. So I can't use it anyway unless I un- unravel myself, which is really annoying. But, you know, it is what it is. But, you know, this it's one of the things, like, FPS boost is a cool feature, but how many people actually have 120 hertz P, P, uh, monitors? Like, what's the addressable audience, you know? But it, it's still a really cool, you know, forward-facing feature, and I'd love to know more about how it's implemented. Um, I, might, I might reach out to Microsoft and ask if they can detail that, but maybe they just want to, you know, keep it a secret or whatever because they don't want competitors to find out or something, I don't know. But, yeah. FPS boost is cool, and yes, I am jealous. Mm-hmm. Maybe Rand, you can, you can lend me some of those YouTube millions you've got, and let me buy one. How about that? Well, your 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 TV does do 120 frames, though. Yeah, but only 1440p. Yeah, but none of these games are running at 4K 120 frames, though. True. True. Right. I mean, uh, some of them, even like Star Wars Battlefront Two and and Titanfall. Two and Battlefield Five had to get the resolution reduced to run at 120 frames. So, Fair enough. I mean, I don't really think there's going to be a game coming out anytime soon that takes the full 4K resolution and runs at 120 frames. You know what I mean? Yeah, I get so it. you can still experience 120 at at a beautiful 1440p. Uh, Thanaros wants to know when is Microsoft going to upgrade XCloud to the Series X hardware blades, Jez? Uh, it's in internal testing now, Phil, Phil said on Twitter. So it's it's currently rolling out now. I suppose it'll probably take a while. Yeah, it'll probably take Sorry a little bit. That. It'll probably it'll probably take <sighs> a little bit. Uh, Bully wants to know, is uh, Crossfire X multiplayer free? It needed gold in the past. Uh, presumably, if it was a free-to-play game, um, then it, would, it doesn't need uh, gold anymore. So I do wonder when that game's coming out. That game was supposed to launch with the console or last year. And we're already in April, and uh, where is that game? Where are all these games? Where's Scorn? Where, where's The Ascent? Where, where are these games at? Why is everything taking you know, forever? I, it's like I said last week. I think a lot of studios are downplaying the effects of COVID and work-from-home culture and stuff. I really do think that, but, you know, uh, it is what it is. Mm. And COVID's, man. But it's kind of cool because UK is sort of, you know, 50% of the population is vaccinated. And it does seem to be like, it does seem to genuinely be turning a corner now. Uh, I don't know if you saw like Israel, which has 80% vac- vaccinations. They recorded zero COVID deaths yesterday. Zero. For the first time, zero. For the first time in 10 months. Well, that's so good. it does, it really does feel like we could be, you know, getting out of this gradually, slowly as the vaccine rolls out. You know, a lot of countries still have like pretty devastating pandemics going on right now. So it's not over yet, but we are getting there gradually and slowly. So um just is what it is. But man, I do want to play the ascent. That game looks so good. Yeah. Um 
all right, we need to talk about this Resident Evil 8 contract because you had a you had a take on Twitter, Jez. So a supposed Capcom and Sony marketing deal uh, contract leaked where a lot of people debated the back and forth about uh, you know technical parity and what that meant. A lot of people uh, were upset at the thought that maybe Sony was paying Capcom to essentially sabotage the Series X version or basically saying that the PlayStation 5 version of Resident Evil had to be the best, right? Because there was those technical parity clauses in there. Then there was also another clause in there about game streaming services and how uh, Resident Evil 8, basically, uh, Sony had first rights at refusal and exclusive negotiation windows for uh, Game Pass. And there were a lot of hot takes on Twitter when this stuff leaked, Jez. A lot of hot takes. Um, have you thought a little bit differently about... Because you you had some interesting discussions with uh, Hog Law, uh, lawyer. Um, what, do you, what, do you, what do you think now more about the Sony Capcom contract? Is it real? Is it as bad as people say? Is it a standard contract like a lot of people are saying out there? What are your thoughts now on it? Well, it's my first time seeing the legalese and stuff. And, you know, I think Hoglaw put out a, a really good video on this topic that, you know, if you're interested, you should go and watch. But it goes into, like, the explanations about what the legalese means and what it potentially doesn't mean and stuff like that. And one of the, one of the important clauses in that line was, like, technical parity, yeah, but subject to material limitations on, on the console. So, like, if the PS4 is limited by something specific, then... Um, you know, Xbox can potentially have these extra extra features and stuff. But it also says um, other platforms can't have features that, you know, play, PlayStation doesn't have. But then it's like, well, you know, then you've got that subject to technical parity clause. So it's, it's, it's sort of strange in a way. And, um, you know, and certainly when you go, when you go and look at the... Uh, at the the spec sheet for um for uh, the the resolution targets for PS4, PS5, Xbox Series X, S, Xbox One, Xbox One X, and all that stuff, because uh, Capcom did put out Capcom did put out what like the resolution targets of all this stuff are, and like um very cleverly perhaps Capcom you know they they list 45 FPS for the ray tracing modes, but the reality is that those ray tracing modes are frame rate unlocked, which means that, you know, it, it ultimately fall on the CPU or whatever, or whichever ray tracing solution is more efficient to, you know, get those frames up or whatever. So, um, I think like, uh, probably over, frankly, I probably overreacted and so did a lot of other people because it is uh, supposedly a pretty standard thing. Like if you are if you are Microsoft and you are doing like a co-marketing campaign for like Battlefield or whatever, you don't want you don't you don't really want uh, EA going off and saying like you know frame rates better on PlayStation Five, you know, because like what if it is and stuff like that. But um, a lot of the a lot of the legalese is just that it's just legalese and it's not really something enforceable per se. Um, it's not like Sony's going to go out there and you know stop Microsoft doing a 1440p version or resolution 
uh, sorry, it's not like Sony's going to stop Resident Evil doing a 1440p solution because I don't think PS5 outputs in 1440p, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so yeah, I think uh, I think the reactions are probably overblown and probably not that big of a deal. And it's you know, I'm sure like <laughs> it's not like other companies don't do this, but at the same time, it's kind of sad that this is the the state the the industry's in, where games like Days Gone don't get a sequel. But then Sony are spending millions of dollars on these, you know, marketing deals and stuff like that. Why, why do we, why do we live in a world where these marketing deals even need to exist? You because know, somebody's, like- because somebody's always looking to get their uh, game paid for. Jazz, that's what it is, right? You have a game. I mean, get- yeah, but at know. the same time, it's like what the the PlayStation Five and PlayStation Five and Xbox, they're selling out anyway. So why do you need to waste the money on True, extra market? But this deal was made last year, and at that time, COVID wasn't a big thing because I think the date on the deal was April, right? So if you went back to that, you know, 2020, you'd be thinking, well, maybe there will be, right, a lot of consoles yeah. out. And when they signed that, Game Pass wasn't really doing too hot. Like we said, April last year was, you know, Game Pass was at 10 million, so... And Microsoft really hadn't approached any uh, publishers about getting a big game on there. Now, a year later, sure, Microsoft might be at 22 million. The consoles are hard to come by. You know, I, you always can look back at everything at like, you know, 2020 vision, so to speak, and see like, yeah, you know what? If Capcom knew, knew what they know now, they maybe could have gotten a better deal from Xbox, right? It, 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 like then than the one they got from, from Capcom. So it just, it's just, and you know, with, with Game Pass doing as well as it is, and there's my dog going crazy again, um, it's just going to make these sort of deals more expensive for PlayStation in the end, right? Because you saw on, on the figure that they paid like $5 million for this, which seems really, really cheap, right? Especially with how big that franchise is. But if Game Pass starts taking off and Microsoft wants to get bigger games on there, and if Sony is going to try to prevent games from going to game pass because they have a marketing deal and i understand that like if you're a playstation if you're xbox and you're paying to co-market a game you definitely don't want that game that you're spending money on to show up in a competitor's subscription service right at least not right away so i understand why sony puts in a exclusive negotiation clause and and last match right basically a first right of refusal where if capcom says they want to put resident evil in a subscription service then, you know, Sony gets first dibs, essentially, right? Like, I get that. It makes a lot of sense to me. But if Game Pass continues to grow, 30 million, 40 million, 50 million, then Sony's going to have to pay way more money to these publishers um, to essentially lock down exclusive marketing and to prevent those games from coming to Game Pass. Um, So it's only going to become more expensive for PlayStation. you agree with that, Chaz? Yeah. I agree. And will that yes. will that will they continue to do that in the you know in the future? Like uh, so, it's I don't know. I believe the document's real. Uh, I I've, I kind of said from the the get go, like I, I I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I think it's a standard contract. I've seen the Xbox contract. They they use parody in a similar fashion. They may not necessarily see technical pa- parody, but they talk about content parody and stuff like that. Um. And, uh, you know, it's just each, each company wants the games to be the best they can. And they, they, they don't want any of the games to have a feature, you know, uh, like Xbox doesn't want a feature 
uh, not to have a feature that PlayStation does. So they basically make these contracts being like, well, if if they have it, then we we get to have it too, right? Sort of thing. Um, but yeah, like I, I don't know. I, I I think people just that see the technical parity clause and they just think, man, like they're holding back the Series X or they're holding back the the PS5 and stuff like that. And they see like, oh man, it, they're they're not letting them go into Game Pass. S- screw them. But it's just like it's not. You know, it, it's not like that. I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't think it was that big of a deal. I think people kind of get in their feelings when they talk about systems being held back because we've seen PlayStation marketed games run better on Xbox. Red Dead Redemption 2 played and looked way better on, on the One X than it did the PS4, and that was marketed by, by PlayStation. And even this gen, like something like Hitman 3 was a PlayStation marketed game, and that game... Uh, you know, w- w- has a way higher resolution on Xbox, and so I think like a lot of developers, it's like, hey, you said subject to you know platform limitations, the game looks and runs better on Xbox. Uh, that's just what it is, and you know they're not going to nerf the PC version. So I think a lot of this stuff really doesn't even really matter. It's just them trying to cover their ass to make sure that the games are equal when it comes to feature set. Now the question you have to ask yourself though, Jez, is something like Quick Resume, right? So quick resume is a feature that PlayStation can't do. So would Sony say you can't put that in Resident Evil 8? But then couldn't Capcom just say, you know what? That falls under platform limitations, right? You don't have it. Yeah. So, you know, well, I guess we'll wait and we'll see if Resident Evil 8 has quick resume. You know, so I don't know. I Sometimes it's always best to wait. Like, and honestly, I don't know what the contract means. I'm not a lawyer. Some of that legally stuff is just. Ugh. That's why whole law, you know, whole law is right. So you can explain all that stuff to me. But I do. I don't like this whole. <laughs> I don't. I think it's dumb that some somebody would pay for an exclusive demo. Like honestly, like I get why they do it. You know what I mean? Like I, I get it. Like oh, we have the demo, so we think. People will play it here first and then they'll buy it here and stuff like that, right? But like I, I just find the idea of spending any sort of money on exclusive demos just so dumb. No matter who does it, whether it's PlayStation or whether it's Xbox or whatever. Like it's just so stupid. I don't does anybody agree with me on that? Like exclusive demos, especially demos that will eventually come to other platforms, like I don't know, man. Like I it's so freaking dumb. But that's just me. Um uh, what do we got here? Uh, Frizen Chief says, Jez, do you guys think Forza Horizon 5 will be set in Mexico? No idea. No idea? You don't know where, where Forza Horizon 5 is set yet? Nope. 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 So Jez, does, we don't, Jez doesn't know yet. So, yeah. Um, let's see. What else we got here? Uh, the first invites for Forza Motorsport 8 were sent out. So, did you get invited to Forza Motorsport, Jez? the the new The new game, you're gonna be testing it out, leaking leaking footage. No, 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 no. sadly, no. Yeah. Damn. Um, and Quick Resume got an update as well uh, in the alpha ring. Did you see that? Now the the system actually makes a Quick Resume group as part of your groups, and you can see what titles are within Quick Resume, and you can uh, easily kind of uh, jump in between each game and remove them from Quick Resume. Uh, at a will, did you did you get that uh, feature yet? Um, I did, yeah, and uh, I also, I also kind of, um, I also noticed that it seems to be more consistent now. Uh, 
like I tried I tried using some um some other games that I wouldn't have expected to support it. Like Battle Chasers Night War, for example, supports Quick Resume. Um so I guess more games just are just working with Quick Resume right now um than they were previously. Because when the Xbox Series X launched, Quick Resume was a bit buggy and didn't work properly in some cases. So um it's cool to see that it's getting improved. Indeed. And you know what? Um yeah, I think that's uh I think that's everything we wanted to talk about. So if any of you guys have any questions, make sure you put them down in chat. We'll make sure to answer them. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in on Saturday. Um hopefully we'll be back on Friday next week. Um we appreciate everyone being here. We had like 1300 people at one point, a little bit over that. Make sure you hit the like button if you enjoyed the show. Subscribe. If you're uh, your first time here, if you haven't already, you can always hit the notification bell if you want to be notified right away whenever you know this podcast goes live or I drop my videos. And you can always follow me and Jez on Twitter if you are so inclined. And you can take a look at my beautiful, not my beautiful face, my ugly face on Twitter. And, and you know, <laughs> there was a few people that were like, hey, you're rocking that homeless look, you hobo, you know? So I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> I expect I expected some mean comments, and there wasn't that. There actually were, really wasn't any mean ones, but, you know, some people some people are just rude, Jez. You know, the internet has made people rude, especially, and especially if you go into yeah. YouTube, com- like YouTube comments. Uh, yeah, it's just very rude. Um, it's easy if you hide behind an anonymous avatar to just be a dick. Yeah, that is true. Uh, Keyhall says, Jez, what happened to the creator's collection in the store? Seems to have disappeared when they updated it. Oh, dear. I did not know that. I'll, um, I'll look into that because I was hoping to publish my game there. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> check it out. Um, Mercy Bank says, will Forza Horizon 5 be in Mexico or Japan? I mean, someone just asked Jez if it was in Mexico. He said he didn't know, and we already know it's not in Japan, so... That answers that question. Um, let's see. Stodgy Caesar says, "You said you didn't. You don't buy games to support the dev. Why did you buy MLB when it was on Game Pass? Uh, I bought MLB because I liked it. So I didn't buy. I didn't buy the game to support Sony. I didn't buy the game to support the developers. I bought the game because I liked what it was. Um, so yeah, I, I." I I do that for a lot. Like I, I, I actually like to own my game. I actually like to own games sometimes. Um, and, uh, so I decided to, to buy it. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's the interesting point about game pass is like, you know, these, the documents I was talking about earlier where, where, you know, I got the figure wrong. <laughs> the, the, the documents like also talk about, um, the way game pass changes people's behavior or way the way people's behavior um you know filters through and what patterns they've emerged and what trends they've they've seen they shared a bunch of statistics with developers about that stuff so um uh one of the things they were saying was people who are in game pass buy more games people who are in game pass play more games and people who are in game pass engage with more games so even though even though people have game pass it seems to like there seems to be this this sort of mentality that gamers have where it's like they just want to buy to own and i think the fact that um i think the fact that we all know that games are going to leave game pass and we do we do get a discount with game pass 
people kind of see it more like a rental service than a Netflix kind of service. So like people like, well, I like this game. I'm just going to buy it to own it. So I don't have to think about, think about when it might leave and stuff like that. So it is interesting. That's another way it differs from, you know, Spotify and Netflix, which, you know, aren't seeing conversions. Like people don't go on Spotify and then buy a CD. They don't go on Netflix and then go and buy a DVD. They just don't do it. So it is interesting. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else here. Um, uh, uh, Xbox Lord Gamer says, Cloberal said E3 will have Starfield, Halo, Forza Horizon 5, Age of Empires 4. Does this mean we won't see anything else about Hellblade 2, Compulsion's next games? No, of course we'll see other stuff. Um, that's just kind of like, those games are, I would say, almost shoo-ins. But there's definitely going to be more. Whether, you know, Hellblade might be there, Avowed might be there. Uh, you know, Wolfenstein 3 might be there. We only have two months to wait. But uh, those four games seem like a good fit, mainly because I think all those games are launching this this holiday. And Xbox is, you know, they want to show gameplay. They want to get people excited for these games, so you got to start talking about them more. So, yeah. Um, Hans Zolo says, do you know Mr. Matty Plays? I do know Mr. Matty Plays. I'm actually subscribed to him on YouTube. Uh, Widia says, do you see Age of Empires presentation? Do you think this should be the way games are introduced in the future? I did not. Jez, did you watch the Age of Empires stuff? I didn't watch the whole thing, um, but I do th- I do think like there's there's something to be said about doing like a sort of direct style thing for games. Like I really like the way Nintendo's done them. I think we talked about it in the past, like the whole Pokemon Direct thing or Smash Bros. Direct, the things they do there. I think that's a really good format to do. Builds hype for a specific game, also addresses your core fans at the same time. I think it's really cool. Yeah. So maybe in the future we'll get a Halo Infinite Direct. Uh, Widia says, also, Jez, read your article Read your article about your game-making effort. Good piece. I'm also still rocking my Lumia 640XL. Oh, man. That's awesome. You know, like, the first ever trade show conference I went to as a quote-unquote journalist was uh, to see the launch of the Lumia 640XL. Mm. Barcelona. That was uh, that's, wild. That's pretty cool. Uh, Marky, Marky Kelly says, do you collect all the color Xbox controllers? Uh, no. I have the uh, black one and I have the blue one. I don't have the, right, the, the white one or the red one. Although the red one does look pretty cool. I actually might get that if there's a sale on it. Um, but yeah, I just, I just have those two. What about you, you Jazz? Do you collect the controllers? Nah, but I do. I did buy. Well, I didn't buy it actually. Um, I got a. I got a review unit, but um, Extreme Right sent me a, a a replacement shell, a red a red shell for the Xbox controller. So I do like custom controllers. I have bought the. I have bought some in the past. I bought the Minecraft ones, um, the Creeper one, because I thought that was awesome. I bought my girlfriend a pink pink controller <laughs> to try and get her to play Xbox. Didn't work, but, you know, I wanted to use the design lab anyway um, and uh, stuff like that. But, yeah, I will, bu- I will buy a controller if I like like the way it looks and stuff. But Yeah. Uh, William says, Skull and Bones, whatever happened? Do you remember Skull and Bones, Jez, the game that uh, Ubisoft revealed after Sea of Thieves and everybody was like, well, Sea of Thieves is dead. Uh, Skull yeah. and Bones killed it. And uh, here we are years later and Skull and Bones is still nowhere to be found and Sea of Thieves is... One of the more Roaring popular head. games on Xbox. So, yeah, so much for that, huh? Yeah. 
Yeah. Skull I think, and Bones is in Davy Jones's locker. Yeah, I think it was redesigned or something. Uh, maybe it comes out next year, but um, I don't know. Sea of Thieves is kind of dominating that whole like pirate genre now at this point, right? There are over 20 million players, which is uh, it's a lot. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, Justy Spud says, any predictions for Xbox E3? I think we're going to see a lot of gameplay this this time around. Um, I think Xbox knows they sort of... I'm not going to say they sort of screwed up, but because of the circumstances with COVID and stuff, but I think they the main feedback they took away from last year was that people want to see gameplay. It can't all just be CGI trailers, right? So I think what we will see is a lot of gameplay, whether it's demos or quick snippets of stuff in a trailer, but they're going to focus a lot on games that are coming soon, this year, next year, and uh, those games will have uh, gameplay for them. So games that are further out, potentially like Gear 6, um, potentially Perfect Dark and Fable, as I believe those games are 2023 and beyond, I don't think we'll see those. What do you think, Jez? Yeah, I think like um, I think like you, hopefully at least, we'll see a lot more gameplay. Um, someone someone asked in chat, like, will we see the the open world game uh, from Global Publishing, the mm, Typhoon, the typhoon emoji? About. Yes, your tease. I I did hear originally that the the Typhoon game was targeting the 2022, mm-hmm. which could make it be announced this year. Um, especially since, you know, Xbox PR are aware that I know what it is, which means if I know, other people probably know what it is, which could make them think like, well, if we don't talk about this soon, it could leak or whatever. So um, I'm not going to leak it, but, you know, others might. Um, So I think there's a good chance we could see the Typhoon emoji game. (laughs) Typhoon emoji game. It's going to be Um, funny when when the game gets... Because I... Because I know the game too, and uh, yes. it's gonna be funny when you reveal what the typhoon actually means. Well, I don't even yeah. know it's gonna be funny, but it's just gonna be like, oh, you know, like it's just yeah. No, there's it's it's the typhoon emoji so vague that no one will, no one will work it out. But that's by design. Like I don't want to spoil it, but I'll I will explain if if it appears, I'll know what it is and I'll explain. Oh, dude, if it, it yeah yeah totally. Uh, Mike says, had a typo in my question, but do you think we'll see Warner Brothers acquisition talks resume and maybe see new additions like IO Interactive? And man, anything's possible in this day and age, right? Um, I would say keep an eye on IO Interactive. Ooh, IO Interactive. They just opened up a new uh, a third studio. Um, yes, they did. Uh, they did, didn't they? They did announce that like Hitman 3 sold 300% better than Hitman 2. Uh, they're working on, uh, although Hitman has to go, like they're 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 shelving Hitman for a bit. They are also working on um, uh, um, a James Bond game, which I can't wait for. And they also mentioned that they have another game, a new IP that's completely different than the stuff they've made before uh, that they're working on as well. And they did say it's also possible that one of their games might be published by uh, somebody else. So. Hmm. You never know. We'll uh, wait and see. I can't wait because I do love me some IO Interactive. The Hitman games were all awesome. Uh, let's see here. What else we got? More questions. More questions. XD wants to know how to get insider info and become leaker. Well, I don't leak anything. So I, I'll, I will make predictions and videos of stuff I know about. But you guys all know this. And you can go back and listen to it and be like, oh, so yeah. But uh, I don't leak stuff. That's not who I am. Um, and I'm not an insider. 
So, uh, you know, I just, I talk to people who happen to know things and sometimes they share stuff with me and I usually keep my mouth shut about it. I don't really like to <clears throat> brag and on Twitter or YouTube about certain things. I just kind of keep it all to myself. I, I'm kind of a person who like, likes to know stuff is happening and what things are, you know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, I'm not a person who, who will leak stuff. Right. So that's not me. Uh, whatsoever. Like I, no, never mind. I Siler says new Splinter Cell confirmed for E3 with proof. I mean, I wish, I wish there was a new Splinter Cell coming. I really do. Uh, Jez, I hope, I hope there's a pachinko Splinter Cell coming soon. Jez, he wants to know how you became an insider and how you got into the leaking biz. Man, I, I don't even know. I just started blogging, and then you know, people contacted me, and then you know, made friends. It's it's ultimately, you know, networking to some degree. And then like you learn things about where to find information and stuff like that. It's uh, obviously I can't give more details than that because I don't want to reveal how information is acquired. But, um, you know, just make friends is ultimately, <laughs> ultimately how it works. Yeah. Uh, Siler says, I missed most of the show. Did uh, Mr. Ram, but did we discuss anything about Returnal? I mean, not really. Um, I didn't watch any of the previews because I'm going to buy the game. Sometimes I just don't need to, but um, I think it looks cool. Like, I'm a sucker for sci-fi time loops. Uh, talk to my buddy Gopher. Like, any movie that has, like, you know, time travel in it of some kind, like, I'm, I'm going to watch it. Uh, I, I am, you know, people are saying that the game's ridiculously hard, and that may not sit well with certain reviewers like they may not finish the game by review embargo and maybe that you know lowers the metacritic score if these people can't finish it maybe that affects you know refunds because if you're because i can imagine if you don't know much about returnal and you buy it based on how cool it looks and then that first time you die and you got to go all the way back to the beginning i'd expect like most people being like screw this you know what i mean I, I, I kind of just wanted a, you know, linear Sony, you know, third person, uh, exclusive cinematic game and, uh, Returnal's not really that it's Returnal's much more of a heavily like bullet hell game that like, uh, you know, um, house marker are known for. So I can see a lot of people like buying Returnal and then like getting to the point where they get really far and then dying and starting over being like, what? I'm not doing this refund, but we'll have to wait and see. Um, a gun Zagan says, uh, I just want to see release date for tunic. Me too, man. I don't know where the hell tunic is. That's another game that was supposed to, uh, launch last year. Um, Xbox Lord gamer says, you think halo gameplay E3 graphics will be better? Yes. Uh, they already look better in the screenshots. We even had Jez admit that it doesn't look like a, a, a Lego game anymore. So yeah, now it looks more like Meccano or something. Jesus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what else we got here? Uh, East Texas Alex says, great show, guys, and keep that long hair. It makes you look like a rock star. I will definitely keep that in mind. I might just, I don't know. I, it's really long, and sometimes it just it becomes a, becomes a hassle. Maybe maybe I'll, I'll keep the beard and, and uh, you know, trim it a little bit, but I, I think I might get rid of the longer hair. Um, Gaming Forte says, made by decision, I choose you, you over Jeff. And uh, laughing at Jez. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I, someone at least chooses me over Jeff Grubb. I mean, Jeff Grubb's hair is just immaculate. Have you seen that, Jez? It's just immaculate. <laughs> uh, 
let's see what else he we got. He uses products, man. I know he does. Uh, he's super okay. cool too. I just did yeah, a podcast with him the other he's day. Got like, on he got that hairspray going on. <laughs> uh, HK oh, Gaming says Jez is like George from Seinfeld with these leaks. He's holding it in, but it's just bursting to let it out. Hmm. To, to some degree, man. There's there's some stuff that. You know, I just can't wait for people to see it. Uh, like, Xbox you know. Lord Gamer says, what do you think is happening within 343? Jason Schreier did say he was looking into it. Um, I'll, I mean, a lot of stuff is probably... Um, Jason Schreier probably could write a very good article about what happened with 343 and Halo Infinite last year. I mean, what happened? Probably poor management structure. Um, maybe poor planning. Uh, COVID and just how hard it is to make a game work from home, especially in a studio that wasn't built for it, like 343. A lot of the struggles there, um, maybe engine issues, you know? So I'm sure Jason Schreer could write a, a really interesting eye-opening piece about what happened with 343, right, Jez? Yeah, um, I do imagine that, you know, eventually something will come out a comprehensive sort of what went wrong sort of thing um i know bits and pieces and stuff like that and you know but that's the thing when you're running a big company like you can't sort of sometimes you just can't get everyone to agree and pull in the same direction and then corporate will make decisions which aren't communicated very well or or flat out bad decisions and you know that makes people mad and then you know you get all this sort of domino effect. Running a big company is not easy. Like even running a small company, like you got so many clashing personalities and having to manage those people and get them all pulling in one direction is not an easy thing to do. But yeah. Even on Windows Central, we've got like a really small team and still sometimes it's hard to pull in the same direction. But, you know, it's just it is what it is. Uh, casual Gamer says, do you think we see some exclusives that are only for Series X and PS5? Yeah, I mean, eventually. Um, you know, PS- it's not what Battlefield is. Uh, there's rumors that Battlefield 6 is going to be uh, next-gen only. And that and that kind of... Uh, DJ Shenanigan has a question. Is like, what is the chance of Battlefield 6 being in Game Pass Day 1? Give us a percentage. Um, there are very prominent Battlefield leakers out there that also have been hinting that it's coming to Game Pass. Mainly because they're hearing that the game is next gen only and there are not a lot of consoles out there so maybe they feel it's best for the game to have a built-in audience right away instead of like you know because like if you rely on the cross-gen stuff like you'd have you could have a big audience but if you're only selling to you know less than however many playstation 5s or xbox series x's are out in the worlds by the fall uh, you might be like, ooh, you know, maybe we thought there were going to be more, but the semiconductor shortage. So you, you'd be like, you know what? We we need our game to have an audience right away. And we saw what it did for Outriders. So let's do this. Let's put Battlefield Six in Game Pass. I think there's a good. I think there's a good chance that it could happen. Honestly, yeah. I think I think there's I think there's a there's a good chance. But like anything, good. negotiations could fall through. Maybe they want too much money. Who knows? Um. Let's see what else we got here. Anything else? Uh, oh, iSeller says that weird video pass thing with Sony. What's going on with that, Rand? Yeah, Sony announced the PlayStation Plus video pass for Poland. Did you see that, Jez? 
Yeah, the video pass. That's interesting. But, you know, it's added value. And a lot of people were, you know, laughing about it and comparing it to the TV, TV, TV thing of 2019. But I think it adds value to the platform. And it's not like Microsoft hasn't done similar things. Like they, they did like the Disney, Disney Plus trial uh, for, with Game Pass and the Discord Nitro thing. So added value is a good thing. Um, but, you know, and that's one of Sony's strengths is delivering entertainment movies and stuff supposedly but yeah i mean they do own a bunch of the movie studios and they own anime so i wouldn't be surprised if that's what they try to do to bundle it to make playstation plus a better value overall uh installation seven says xbox ip dynamic backgrounds like halo do you guys think this will happen i think definitely yeah yeah i I think you'll definitely get the profile themes and i think you could get the dynamic backgrounds as well i wonder if they're gonna let people like oh it's you happening. oh it is happening okay so Jez says it's happening it's happening uh, it sounds like you you know so I won't uh, yeah uh, David says so Rand what do you think about the rumor about Xbox Series X not being released until mid 2022 um I don't know what you mean by that dude uh, was it not supposed to be released to mid 2022 is that what you're saying I'm not I mean it's already out so I I don't uh, I don't know what exactly you're referring to here um. That's all says is Sega buying Microsoft to own the Age of Empires and Halo Wars IP. Uh Sega's not gonna buy Microsoft. Uh that's 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 a weird one. Um Hanzolo says Rand Randall Hobo nineteen, yep. Uh <laughs> Darth Paxton says Randall Hollywood, why do you still have a home phone? Is who's calling you all the time? You know it's just I don't know. We have a home phone yeah, just why, because why do you have a home phone? It's just one of those things, man. You know. Does it have a dial on it? No, it's a, it's a, it's a. It's a Does it have a, like a crank handle? No, no. I mean, <laughs> if it was up to me, I'd get rid of it. But I mean, I have my cell phone. It's just that, you know. You got an iPhone, right? Yeah, I have an iPhone. My condolences. No. I don't really use my phone that much to really be like Android versus, uh, you know, iOS or whatever. I don't really. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> Uh, Lord Gamer says, okay, so you think Microsoft will buy Sega? Maybe. I mean, who knows? I think I, I think Sega fits in well with what Microsoft wants to do. You know, PC development, uh, iconic IP, nostalgia, right? Like, I, I think they're a good fit. It's just those things take time if they actually want to do it. Uh, Lost says, is a Square X... Enix E3 announcement a Game Pass deal after Outrider's success. I have no idea. No idea. Um, but I do think we'll definitely see more big games come to Game Pass on day one because I think that whole strategy, that whole test was uh, was very much a huge success for, for both parties involved. So we'll see. I, I do wonder what the next big game is going to be. It clearly looks like it's not Resident Evil 8. So... Do we see a hood and out hood and outlaw game like from Focus Home Entertainment? You know, uh, do we have to wait until later in the year for more games to come out? Uh, it'd be interesting. Anyways, um, I think that's it for the show, guys. Uh, you know, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back next Friday, hopefully, for another episode of the Xbox Two, and hopefully, we'll have uh, more cool stuff to talk about. Hopefully, there's there's some uh, interesting announcements next week. Uh, Jez, you got anything to say before we get out of here? Nah, just, uh, you know, keep it gaming and uh, rock on, party people.
Yep. Thanks for joining. Yeah. So uh, hit the like button, subscribe, all that stuff. Thank you guys for uh, coming out on Saturday, and we'll be back next week. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com.